number six of the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. I am your host, Rob. You can find me on CaffeineCrew.com as Riffrat. And joining me tonight, I have... Kat, and I'm K. McIntyre, MT on Caffeine Crew. And Kenny, who is WC Kenny Me, apropos named. Bill, I am Nocturoba. TJ, a.k.a. Storiest. And uh, before we jump into our normal kickoff, uh, if you didn't hear, we did put up an episode 5 very late. Uh, it's not the episode 5 that normally would have went up on the website if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, we did lose the audio from that, so uh, unfortunately, but um, me and Tim did get a chance to get something new up. What's this up? is not the episode 5 you're looking for? Nope, that's why this is episode 6. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Revenge of the Sith? Oh, God. <laughs> ah, there's a pun. On to the next okay, topic. So, um, so we kick off the show the same way we kick off every other show, which is the the good old hypothetical. So, I'll kick this right off to you. And I, my question for you guys tonight is: Would you rather be able to track uh, travel back to Earth's past or go into the future? I have a qualifying question. Okay, go ahead. Can we get back to our current time? Ooh. Um, Let's say yes. Yeah, we're gonna say Just yes. For okay. Yeah. yeah, so, but you can only go one way. You're, whatever whatever form of time travel will only go one direction. You can go in the past or the future. Well, well then I have a qualifying question. <laughs> this is not a well thought out thing. There's too many, like, variables. Uh, are, are we factoring in chaos theory and the butterfly effect? A.K.A. if I go back in time and step on an ant, that ant doesn't get eaten by that bug that doesn't fly into my grandfather's eye, which causes him not to go to the hospital and never meet my grandmother and I never get born, all because I stepped on an ant. Uh, no, we're not going to do the... No, because that's way too complex. We're not. What, we're which, just going to go for... So, like, I can jobs. go back in time and do stuff and it won't affect the future. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, it's going to be a pa- you, paradox, paradox unless, free. Yeah. Unless you the take action to affect the future. Yeah. Like, if I go back in time and buy okay. stocks in Apple. Well, that seems like the most logical answer then. Yeah. Does, does anyone have an answer besides going back okay. in time and yeah. making so, themselves Well, rich? here, we'll go around. Um, <laughs> Bill, Bill, what's your thoughts? I would like to go forward in time because as much as it would be fun to go back in time, if you're going back in time only like 20 years to buy stock, that's kind of a lame thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you could be super rich. And yes, I unfortunately know of people that bought Microsoft stock when it was like super cheap and now are millionaires. But still, I'd like to go forward in the future because who knows what's going to be there. The past, like even going back to like medieval times and the Renaissance, as much as we've romanticized it, it's still complete shit compared to what we're used to. (laughs) Uh, I would actually um, go back to the past simply because, I mean, you know, the future... I'm not that huge on gadgets, and I'd rather go back into places in time that I find might be interesting that I could prepare myself about because we have the history available. Um, the other thing, too, is, like, I just keep thinking of the time machine and the Morlocks, and that shit was really creepy. And that was them going to the future, and I, you know. You see, what you'd have... You have to limit your time travel if you're going to yeah. the future. But what if, like, a I bomb leveled, you know, what if, like, you know, you travel 10 years in the future, you don't know because it's the future and you don't go too far, and it's post-apocalyptic, and you're like, this sucks. I mean, well, yeah, that's but, really But you can come shitty. back. You can, but then you okay. know that's in the future and that's weighing on you. That'd be terrible. 
terrible. Yeah, but what if the world imploded ten years in the future and then you yeah, go to hold so your breath? Like, I, no, you're just gonna die. I you, know, can, that's you cannot so hold your breath in space. Anyone that travels <laughs> yeah. to space, you can't hold your breath. Well, no, no, no. It's so. What you do is you travel. I would pick traveling to the future. First thing I do is I travel a week into the future and I win the lottery because I get the lottery numbers and I come back and I hit. Yay! I'm rich. <laughs> then I travel a year into the future and I get the big idea. It's the you know, what if I had thought of Twitter? Well, I went a year into the future and I found out what the big idea is. And guess what? I just had this amazing idea. Let's go back in time and get it again. Well, it's kind of like the same idea, though, as the lottery thing. Like, you're just looking for what's going to be big or you be like, oh, this was big. So you're investing. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at what's going to make your life amazing. Well, so it's whether you're going in the past or whether you're going in the future. You have He's inf- looking up for present. What's going to be present? you have infinite power at your fingertips, and you can see potentially anything. And everybody's like, money. Money, well, money, money. Me. I want to go on adventures in you the want past. Adventures. I want adventures. You want adventures. Yeah, but you could also go into the future and bring stuff back because you can come back to your own time. So I'm going to go into the future and I'm going to get a holodeck. It's not going to be something I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to share with everybody. I'm going to share it with my friends so I can run really awesome role-playing games. <laughs> this already happened. They ran it in an episode of Star Trek. Shh. <laughs> Max Headroom came from the past, went to the future to get all these gadgets, go back to the past, and sell them. Yeah. Huh. It's been done. Right. Wait, Matt Furrer was in an episode of Star Trek? Yes. Wait, TNG, I would assume? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I need to catch that one. I still haven't seen that one yet. For, for, for the record... It's been done to death. <laughs> every, at, at some point, it's been 28 years that The Simpsons has been on TV. At some point, they've done every plot line. Okay. How about how about this, you know, to make this more interesting? Instead of saying, go back to the past or go to the future to make yourself rich, money's out of the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say you have infinite money. You don't need money at all. Yeah. No Where money. would you go for fun? The future. Okay. okay. I'd get yeah. my holodeck, I'd come back, and I'd run really cool D&D games for all of my friends. Okay. I just said okay. this. Okay. Yeah. It Kenny? makes sense, but I'd, I'm, I'm going to, if you said you can go anywhere for fun, I mean, there's a lot of different choices, but I might have to go into the future then, simply because if we look at the progression of time, women tend to get hotter and hotter as time <laughs> goes on. I mean, if we look at girls from the 40s, uh, they're okay, and then you go back to like the 1800s, and you're like, you have crusty teeth, and you go back to <laughs> further, and it's like Cleopatra, the, she was probably this beautiful goddess simply because she had like half of her teeth left, and that was an amazing beauty standard. Yeah, but think then. about it this way, if you went back to the past, you could bang people before they became famous. But then you... It's true. Unfortunately, I know we t- talked about no paradox, but then you could be, run into the grandfather paradox. Not necessarily. Yeah, you Can could. Be like Fry. Yeah, be like Fry. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mister. I'm my own grandpa. No, I'm saying you go back in time, and you date Christina Hendricks, and you get to bang Christina Hendricks. Or you go back in time and you bang Marilyn Monroe. If all she's thinking about is sex, you already know who the hot women are going to be. Just go back in time before they were famous and bang the hell out of them. I like the way like TJ's mind is. You know who the hot women are going to be because they're not hot yet until they become famous. Once they became in a movie, it was like, wow, she looks no, no, no. different. I, I, I could go in the future and find hot women. Yes, no, I'm not saying you couldn't find hot women in the future. I'm just saying you know the the standards of beauty that we hold up. 
I would also be curious though in the future to see what what new creative interesting things have come about because there's so many things in even just nerd culture you look yeah. at the old video games and you go to the new video games and how much they progress and how cool they've gotten the old board games to the new board games and how much they progress and how much cooler they've gotten. What will all those things be like in another 30 years? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say that's I'm going to the future and, and mine's more of a, a, an empty reason. It's not for adventure. I really just want to find out if they ever make another good Tony Hawk game. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss that franchise, but it was a great Aww. franchise. I mean, it kind of still exists, but not in the same way that I remember it. That's kind of all I want. Well, now you can buy the skateboard thing and jump on that. Oh God, no! Yeah, they made that, <laughs> that's kind of what killed it. Yeah, Tony Hawk Ride was Did the you, end. You end imagine of the... you go forward in time and see if the Star Wars sequels are going to be. Oh, you know what? That's a really good question. <laughs> just jump, good, jump, just just to cool. the day after of Episode Seven release to see if it did okay. <laughs> screw episode seven. Let's screw to episode eight or nine. Or heck, you could see you could see the end of the Avengers saga before it actually even was thought about. Yeah, <laughs> you could spoiler. see you could see if the Justice League was going to be a good say. movie. <laughs> I was like, does, does DC actually does DC ever make ever any impact? Through? The now, problem is, would you tell it, people? Would you be that guy that comes out of the movie premiere no, and you, then, like walks past the line and is like? Darth Vader is Luke's father. Suck it. <laughs> it's like, I came from the future. What are you? I'm a troll now. <laughs> well, no, the problem then comes, so you go forward to the future and you see the Star Wars se- sequel and it's horrible. And it it destroys, I mean, episode seven comes out and it destroys the Star Wars you, fan you know what They never make another one. Do you then come back in time to try to fix that? To try to fix it, or I do you just so. live with that knowledge that the thing you no, love is that, going to be? Well, murder. that's the thing. Is like you have the ability now to save something that you care about. Mike, you will understand. I've seen what happens, and you're about to do this. You're like, I just shot that scene yesterday. It doesn't turn out well. Cut that from a film really quickly. Yeah, you know what happens when you do that? You go to the psychiatric. Yeah, the yeah, pretty much. Well, no, really, what you would have to do is bring back a copy of the film. And show it to them. <laughs> this is what you made. Yeah. Stop making it. <laughs> yeah, but if you did Wait. that with episode one, they'd go, it's amazing. Let's do it right now. Because whoever made it probably loved it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's true. That's very true. So everyone's future, I'm sticking with the past. <laughs> so the past is so smelly. They didn't have deodorant. Okay it depends on how far I'd back also, you go. We've been in conventions. Like we can do this. Can do I'd also that. like to point out that you say you don't like gadgets. Okay, but yeah. go back 50 years and see how you do in the summer without air conditioning. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, you don't understand it's that. It's me. Oh, fair I enough. I love humidity. She's this is a, great. If I come home oh, I come home <laughs> on a blazing hot day in the summer, she's got every window open, the AC unit is off, the house is like 86 degrees, and I'm like, I'm drinking I my air. You know, I, I okay. side with her because yeah. I've had oftentimes, and TJ's seen it, where he's like, it's so humid out. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I can't feel it. It bother me. Then there's a few times where I go, I go, hey, I can actually feel it. It's humid today, isn't it? And they're like, I can practically see the humidity in the air. That's what it takes for me to start feeling humidity. Yeah, Yeah, same here. So, yeah, for her, she would just feel it. It wouldn't bother me. And I'm, you know, pretty nature-y, so I'd be cool with all that stuff. And it'd be like, I'm... Yeah, I'm, history, actually, I'm a history of, geek too, so like I would love to go back to different points in history and out of see all how of us, things actually I, Kat, played out. Yeah, out of all of us, Cat and Kenny have the highest chance. Kenny was a Boy Scout. Yeah, oh, I'd be, be able to. I'd be, be able to survive. Yeah. It's just, would I enjoy it? I Mr. think I would. Mr. Asthma over here, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at all this though, because of we're looking at time travel now, what's everybody's favorite? 
way of time travel that sticks out for them. Would be going back into like any piece of literature or movie or anything like that. Well, fucking not the DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) That breaks every time you use it. The DeLorean's awesome because the DeLorean has style. But it breaks every time you use it. It's still a DeLorean. There's a reason that DMC went under. (laughs) If I had enough money, I'd buy a DeLorean right now. I would too, but I also know that uh, that's something you look at. It's like yeah. it's like a really nice action figure that's a collectible. You put it on a shelf and you never touch it. Well, you know what they say about the Marines? You have to buy two because the first one will break and you'll scavenge the parts you have to for the second parts one. For the yep. second one. Or you know, I could just be like, well. Take everything that you made into the DeLorean and put it into like a Honda Civic or something like that. <laughs> if you really want to be special, I'm like, you put gullwing doors on it and it kind of has the illusion. But well, I said, there's got to be some kind of time travel device because I know I've seen it, but I can't see where. I was thinking about it once. It doesn't you said have to it. be a device, but just even a way to no, time no, travel. No, no, I'm saying like, the, the idea of having something on your wrist. That you could just Captain type Jack. it in. Did Captain Jack have it from? Oh yeah, he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. All right, that's what I would want because it's convenient. It's right there. You're never in. And I know the obvious answer is the TARDIS because no, amazing. it's not. It's, it's, it's a cool. That's my obvious. It's a cool way to travel, but the idea of not getting separated from your time travel device is key when you're time traveling. That's yeah. I was gonna say because like they ultimately in Doctor Who will get to wherever they're going. They'll walk away from the TARDIS, because that's not... If not, they don't have any adventure. Yeah. And then, how many episodes of Doctor Who has it where they have had, like, that TARDIS has been taken away from them? Right. And they're like, we have to get back to the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. You, there's eventually going to be one... Matt top- Smith, yeah. If it's Matt Smith, Doctor Who, then... They may well, never get back. Episode, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But, like, ultimately, you know, like, you're... God forbid you're gonna, think of another one. Sorry. For <laughs> any people, people like us, having... You're going to have that one bad adventure on, like, the second time out where you're like, I, somebody took the TARDIS from me and I'm just boned. Is, is, That's I'm, a really good point because, like, with how neurotic I am, I don't think I'd handle that very well. No. I would be freaking be like, out all the time. You'd be like, I do I have the keys? Do you have the keys? Who, who has the keys to the TARDIS? Who has the TARDIS keys? Oh, my God! It's the end of the world! We don't have a way back! See, I read a I read a comic called PS two thirty eight, and that in goes it, back to the webcomic episode, uh, yeah. episode four. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and in PS two thirty eight, there's a kid by the name of Tom, and Tom is the chosen traveler. Yeah. He can access any period in time and space, anytime he wants. He can interact with himself, mm-hmm. and that's the method I want. Okay. That's fair. That, yeah. He can, because he's the time travel device. Yeah. Nobody can take it from me. Nobody can lose it. Nobody can do anything. It's me. Yeah. And as long as I'm holding on to you, you come with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, I'll, it was actually the book I was telling you guys about before we started. Um, I actually would go with this. It's, uh, there's a book called Off to Be the Wizard. And, um, their time travel device is basically a giant text file that a whole bunch of hackers find that's on a big database. They all have a way to access the database, and they even find a way in back in like prehistoric, like not prehistoric times, sorry, dark ages. <laughs> like, so uh, it's like 1150, but basically they make a way in a shell code that, based on as long as they have their wizard staff, their wizard cloak, and their wizard hat, they can access the shell no matter where they're at. So all you need to do is be dressed dressed like a wizard, and you can pretty much do whatever you want. You can bend reality, and you can time travel. So I'm definitely going with uh, from uh, off to be the wizard from Scott Scott Mayer because it's uh, it's kind of cool. That's that's pretty badass. I like that yeah. idea. But I want to. My mind's been going, and I want to pose this question to someone now or to everyone now. 
Would you? Don't know. You just have to pick one of us. Yeah, said someone. Someone. Well, then we'll, we'll pose it to Bill because Bill's been quiet. <laughs> but I want to. I want to pose this question then to you, Bill. You've seen sliders. Yes. Have we all seen sliders? No. Yes. Would you be? You don't count. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'll be honest. I think I've seen one episode of Sliders, and I don't recall it. Well. Oh, it was great. All right, well, here we'll give you we'll give you this premise for a time travel device, though, because we're gonna amend the Sliders device, and they were actually parallel worlds. But would you take a device that would randomly put you into a different period of time, and let's say that it would no. do that ten times, and then you would come back home, and you had a specific amount of time in each spot? Before you could travel out. Only, so it's like 24 hours in each spot. Only, but you didn't control where it went. Only if I had the right the wrongs that were there. And I inhabited somebody else's body. Oh yeah? Body. Is yeah. that what we're doing, going with? And then you never get home? Yeah. You stole Quantum Leap from me. I was going to say. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to go into Quantum Leap. Quantum I love Quantum Leap. And it was great, except for that last episode. I've never seen that either. I, I, have, a pro- I have a problem right now watching it. Because I'm, try- I'm trying to watch. I'm getting off topic here. I'm trying to watch Quantum Leap on Netflix, and they don't have all the episodes. But I do agree with the sliders thing. I really, that would be cool. Just being able to, you know, randomly jump into, you know, a random time in the same place for a, a set amount of time and just, you know, go wild with it. What were the um, time travel? This is back on time travel, but um, what were the ones from Chrono Trigger? That they used? Were they necklaces? I think it, I'm pretty sure it was, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't say it was place? necklaces. Or I thought I thought it was a thing they walked into. No, nah, because they had or they had a necklace on when they got transported. So I think that like she it was well, her device. She had a device to make but, it just go from one place to the other. But instead, they had the necklace on, so the necklace transported them too. I think yeah, I think it was a combination of stuff. Yeah. It's been a while. I know. I know that one was interesting too, so but I that was of, very unreliable. I kind of feel like if I pick up your two cats and turn them into a necklace, I'll be able to time travel then. <laughs> Chrono and Trigger. Ah, the bill makes its triumphant return. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would call it a ringing success. <laughs> the bill may not make a triumphant return. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like I, like I said, that's that's always the scary thing though with time travel though too, because it doesn't matter to the the device, because ultimately it doesn't matter how you look at it, there's so many variations of time travel. Like, this, I mean, and I think always, well, I mean, that kind of actually, just a little quick offshoot of this, because I know it won't take long to discuss, but, like, who, what's the best version of time travel that's been done? Like, anybody? Bill and Ted's excellent invention. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted's actually loved it. It fun, dude. In the circuits of time. It was, it was really cool. Was it you that posted something about that recently, Bill? Um, on Facebook or something like that? I don't think so. Oh, I remember somebody, I think it was some, one of the writers somewhere on the website mentioned that kind of like the Bill and Ted's phone booth was kind of like a really interesting throwback to Doctor Who for a time travel device. Yeah. I didn't, re- I, I have seen that recently. Yeah. And so. I didn't, I never thought about that before, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I think while the TARDIS is not the most practical one in the sense that I think I would be freaking out, like, well, if it was, if it was a working TARDIS, you'd be okay. I do think it's like one of the ones that is the most has the most like history and backstory to it 
Because, I mean, like, you know, there are tons of... Like, it just has a personality that a lot of other devices... The other devices are devices. Whereas the TARDIS is almost like a... It's like a being. Entity, but, yeah. but the TARDIS also, they're like, we're going to go here. And the TARDIS is like, no, you're not. I'm taking yeah. you here. And I'm like, I, why? I don't want to be here. This is a, a planet that's about to explode in ten minutes. So, actually, I would like to point out, um, since Matt Smith left... Peter Capaldi has not had that problem. It's true. TARDIS gets him whatever he wants, exactly when he wants. Because it's not nice. Because he's a competent doctor? Sorry. <laughs> no, because sorry. they hired different writers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> doing the, doing a throwback to the Lost episode, does the Heart of Gold from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, does that travel through time? It, or is well, it just with the infinite improbability go- I don't know. I was actually thinking about that when, when this came up, because the Heart of Gold, like, uh, in the last episode, we talked about our favorite spaceships and stuff like that in the sci-fi universes episode. that people will never hear, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, we talked about the Starship Heart of Gold, and that has the infinite improbability drive. Uh, and that's from, obviously, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and, yeah, we just kind of got to that point where we're really trying to figure out, because if it's infinite improbability, I would assume it could pretty much take you... I think it's anywhere in time and space, though, isn't it? I would think so. And I would assume that it would apply to time. And you might be yarn when you get there. (laughs) (laughs) The thing with time travel is part of what you then have... It's the back to the future thing. I still think that's the best best explanation. Well, so you have... Time is a line. And then somewhere back here, timeline branched off and created an alternate 1984. 85. 85. 1985. Sorry, I got my Back to the Future mixed up with George Orwell, apparently. <laughs> um, so what you're talking is, so when you start talking time travel, you automatically have to start also talking parallel universes, parallel universes, parallel timelines, because there's actually so there's a theory out there. It's a theory of paradox, and you go back in time, you kill your grandfather. Well, if you go back in time, you kill your grandfather. You don't exist, so you can't go back in time to kill your grandfather, which means you exist, and then your head starts to hurt. <laughs> there's an alternate theory to that and basically what the theory is saying is that time won't let you kill your grandfather okay because paradox will happen and the universe protects itself from that it's okay. a, the best thing you could probably do is like back to the future this wipes you out of existence right the thing is there's an alternate theory that says I go back in time and kill my grandfather as soon as I shoot him, mm-hmm. another timeline appears. In one timeline, my grandfather dies and I yeah. don't exist. And if I then travel from the point where I've shot him... But you still would exist in timeline two. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my original timeline. But now when I travel to the future, I'm traveling to timeline B. Because you mm-hmm. created an incident that caused timeline right. B. If you want to further complicate it, say you go back in time. Hold on, I'm going to pause this. I apologize. I opened up this can of worms. I was like, oh, this won't take long. (laughs) My my mind simply went to the obvious answer, which is weebly, wobbly, timey, whiny. I mean, yeah. I hate that. I hate, yeah. That's like, well, no. I love that. Do you? I hate it. I think it's because it, like, it's like a a five year old's explanation of, of, Time travel is like we just don't know what happens. And it's, it's a way of explaining it without making your brain hurt and without actually putting anything in stone of this is how time works in our yeah. universe. But here, here you go. I'm going to make your head really hurt. Let's say you go back in time <laughs> and you carve your name on a tree. Okay. And then you kill your grandfather. Yeah. Okay. Does the carving still exist? 
Yes, yes. because you did it beforehand. But you don't exist anymore. But According to theory number one, you don't exist anymore. You would exist because you were still the reason and uh, reason and the why, the the reason why your grandfather died. <laughs> yeah, you are the reason. So I you would, had to yeah. exist at that point in time. If not, even if you, you disappear that after that, time, even it's after. also when you, you kill him is your di- is when you also disappear. But you existed before that happened. Yeah. yeah. But then your grandfather didn't die. It's again, you go back into the paradox thing. It exists. Well, yeah, in no, one I know it keeps like, but it's not in the other exactly. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Which I is, am consciously staying quiet on this because I thoroughly enjoy, because I'm nerdy on so many levels, uh, researching quantum physics, and I'm just sitting there oh going, God. I could go off on so oh much God. stuff on oh, this quantum topic. Quantum is amazing. I love, and, and the shit that they've proved with quantum theory is I think ridiculous. they've actually proven parallel universes. They've done really? a lot of stuff. They, they Theoretically. They, they, they can't they, get... They're, yeah, they've proven it mathematically, but you, you, they haven't proven it with actual physical proof. Right, but they have proved that matter will go from a state of solid. They have physically proved it and seen it that matter can go from a state of solid to a state of uh, wavelength just by observing it, just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. So when you're not at home, your entire house might not exist if there's no one there to see it. And they've proved that. It's, it's wh- called the double slit experiment. Look it up. It'll blow really? your freaking mind. It's Well, That's it's the so same idea of kind of like Schrodinger's cat. It's just it's kind it's of like... It's like dead or alive until you open the box. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's two possible timelines exist when you go into that scenario. It's the same. It's that same idea of that everybody uses the metaphysical of like a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around to hear it. Does it make a sound? Yeah. It's like, well, there's also the deeper thought of that is... Does that tree even exist because nobody's around? Yes, but mm-hmm. you just talked about the theory, the theory, the theory. I'm talking about the double slit experiment Fair. where they proved it. That's true. Which is yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. That is really neat. It's like they may mathematically prove that there's life at, on other planets. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's but we haven't proven find, it yet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also that too, but it's also defined by what we say is life. Yeah. It's car- we're based on carbon-based life. Uh, we're humans. What we say is life is the ultimate end-all. <laughs> and we, thir- we thought we weren't going to have anything serious to talk about this podcast. Oh, We can turn it serious. <laughs> but they've proven that alternate realities are out there. Yeah. Which now begs the question of, should we be looking... You know, everybody's saying we, we should be looking outwards for resources and whatnot. But should we also be looking sideways? That's a very valid point. You'd have to be able to get there first. Yeah. You'd have to be able to get to other planets first, and we don't have that capability right now. The closest we can do is the moon. Yeah. Well, well, Mars is a 10-year project, maybe. Well, I mean, you even look at still, too, the like way that they've been talking about actually being able to reach, like what they would con- we'd consider warp speed, is the... Even like Neil deGrasse Tyson discusses it, the best way that that would ever exist or happen is, basically they said if you take... The universe is a linear plane. Mm-hmm. The way we, you would have to do is fold it over on top of each uh, itself, basically <coughs> put a hole through it and come out the other side. Well, mm-hmm. that's the theory of what um, a wormhole is. But they said that's actually more almost, you know, the idea of that is almost more reasonable as far as for us being able to reach those speeds. If we were ever wanted to travel those kind of distances, mm-hmm. they would actually have to have almost a wormhole. Um, I think that's one of the things with negative matter and stuff like that, where they're looking into those ways. Because if you were able to do that, you could do that jump. My brother was actually... So if you're already tearing holes in space, what's to stop you from tearing a hole in space from to get to here yeah. well, that's to that's here fair. in another reality? Well, that's yeah. oddly enough that you think about it, too. It's like, 
you know, that's if we ever got to that point and we're able to do that, who's to say that instead of going where we think we're going to go, we're just going to a parallel universe. Yeah. And I mean, and on, honestly, this was the concept of sliders. Yep. Yep. Actually, you, you would, and it was great for the first couple of seasons. Stop watching after, <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, Oh, the brother came in? No, 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 no. no. The, the, when Mallory left, the guy who played Mallory, what, yeah. um, Jerry O'Connor. When Jerry yeah. O'Connor, O'Connor leaves, O'Connor. O'Connor. When Jerry O'Connor leaves, just stop watching because it gets really big. But it after was that. great up until that. <laughs> because they would explain why the world was different. Like they oh, slid cool. to one world where the American where the American Revolution failed, and the Amer- and the American colony yeah was still under the British th- throne. Oh wow! One okay. of the best best explanation uh, explanations still for time travel, though ultimately, and it's a lot of people may argue it. Oddly enough, is Futurama. They actually did an amazing job of discussing time travel, the the perils and pitfalls of time travel. Also, um, alternate universes. Yeah. That yeah, was a huge thing. Actually, There's actually an amazing episode that's one of the funniest, but is actually very interesting. Was the Farnsworth Parabox episode, hmm. uh, which is the one I always go back to, where they the professor creates a box that contains an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other universe creates that same box containing their universe. And they go back and forth. They and then do. It's it was hilarious. like Bender, someone gets lost or... Zoiberg. Zoiberg, they, they steal the box the universe. Yeah. that contains the universe. <laughs> so they're trying to find the universe through a series of other alternate universes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and I'll take it actually onto a pseudo-serious note and we'll, we'll sell some books for someone that I don't even know if she's alive anymore. But there is a, a book called Seth Speaks. Yes. The Nature and, of Personal Reality is yes. the name of the first book. And it's, uh, it's about a woman who chan- – not about. I mean it's, it's she, supposed she, to be a biography type thing. She channels a spirit, records what the spirit says all about how our world is – how time is not what we think it is. We think time is linear when time is actually uh, circular and global. Uh, and it talks about other realities and how we're just our brain capacity isn't seeing them because we don't have the ability to see in this other dimension, but it is there. And he, her husband, I think, was sitting there taking notes on taking notes and recording it. Yeah. And then they just transcribed it into a book. And whether you believe in the idea of a medium or not, you cannot find fault with the logic. It is very cool. It's definitely That's a good really read. Um, not an easy read, but I, definitely I, I a good read. I have it floating around the house somewhere in one of my boxes because you, your mom, and your sister are like, you have to freaking read this. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's it going through it, you're like, dear God, I, I think I, when I got it, I, I got the first three books. And I was like, after the first one, I'm like, I can't, I don't think I can ever read another one. <laughs> you want to know what's funny? So speaking about we can't see other realities. So I read this a couple of years ago. How many dimensions are there? Um, there are multiple. I mean, there are the no, ones no, no, that no. no I'm not, he's talking about space. You can see yeah, oh. space, time. Uh, you know, there's one D, two D, three D, four D. Do you know scientists have actually proven up to 16 di- di- different dimensions yes. I read, of I used measurements? To read, yeah, I used to read a lot about um, Blue the sixth mind. one and stuff. Like, you know, the higher Quantum ones. Physics again. It's yeah. very interesting. I used to get books out on it. Well, Blew my mind. <laughs> I think I'm going to I'm gonna move this because if not, we're never going to get off of this. Oh, I told you I could talk about quantum physics. Oh, no, I, 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 I didn't some... even get into anything. There's some cool-ass shit out there on that. No, there's there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. We can definitely come back and look at this again at some point because it would just be fun to see where it goes. Um, but you know, one of the things that uh, you know I kind of wanted to bring up there, too, and um, 
right when we recorded the last episode, that night actually was a really big night gaming-wise. That night launched Destiny, which, um, you know, we went back and uh, the revamped version of episode 5 is pretty much me and Tim talking about that for almost two hours straight. Um, but um, one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about tonight was looking at um, resurgences in MMOs, but also how the industry is kind of moving from a single-player experience to a multiplayer experience. I mean, I've written a couple articles on the website about this, kind of like being kind of like, this is just not fun. Um, All right, now I want to jump in just for a second because I am one of the board game nerds at the table. (laughs) And when I got into the hobby, I started listening to some podcasts and I heard people talking about LCGs and CCGs, and they kept talking about it, and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Wait, LCG, sorry. Living card games... And CCGs are collectible card games. And then once I figured out what it stood for, I didn't know what they were. So I would like to pause this and have Rob, just for everyone that's unsure listening, because we're going to throw the term MMO around. Okay. What does MMO mean? Okay, so MMO stands for Massive Multiplayer Online Game, okay? And, like, when we talk about this stuff, too, we're going to be kind of looking at multiplayer between online multiplayer and, um, you know where it's an online connected universe specifically. Uh, there's still plenty of multiplayer that exists that's local, but um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the most prevalent example is World of Warcraft, because that's the one most people know for multi for MMO. Yeah, but, that's, um, that, that's what I would say. For, when we're talking about, you know, uh, this whole resurgence and this whole idea, you know, I know Bill, like... I, I just started playing Warcraft, World of Warcraft again, you know, recently, <laughs> and it's... I'm sorry... <laughs> it's nothing to be sorry about. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I really, it's terrible because I love this game so much that I don't want to play anything else. And it's not that I get lost in the world or I just have to spend too much time doing things in the game. It's just I really enjoy being there. And it kind of just shows, I mean, it's the, I, I want to say that it's the longest running MMO out there right now. If not the longest, it's definitely had the most subscribers for the mm-hmm. longest period of time. I think EverQuest yeah, is still EverQuest One, I believe, is still running. It's so still going. Well, oh my god, it's it's still running because there's a lot of people that run private servers. But and, I mean, uh, things like that. I mean, I don't know if they still they're still patching it or supporting it. It's no, still, I don't. I, they came out with EverQuest Two, didn't they? Yeah, but they never. They were still supporting it yeah. when EverQuest Two came out. Um, All right, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, oh. oh. Do it, do it, do it. But, I mean, WoW has been, you know, it's been there for, what, almost 10 years now. It actually will will be 10 years this November. Oh, God, that makes me feel old. Yes. I remember buying that game the day it released. (laughs) I did, too. And uh, it still has millions upon millions of subscribers, people who log in every single day just to sit there and play World of Warcraft. It's got a compelling story. It's got a compelling universe. And, okay, tons of people enjoy it. There was also the case of the person who got in trouble, or actually it was a campaign, a political campaign, and the opponent used his World of Warcraft character against him and said, do you want to have a senator who rapes and pillages? <laughs> I've actually, she won her work. campaign. I know, but they used it against yeah. him. It was fantastic. It was so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look at a lot of this stuff, too, and like... That created a huge cultural phenomenon, too, because that started 
like oddly enough, a lot of people may not think it, but I mean, the casual gaming market existed, but WoW really kept bringing it into kind of like a really heavy light. Like a lot of people you didn't see as gamers before started becoming gamers, mm-hmm. like or you, you heard them talking about it a lot more. I mean, like I don't remember many a times growing up, especially in my like late teens, early twenties, seeing TV shows showing or even discussing gaming that much. But when you did a lot of times, you saw WoW on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brought it into the pop culture sphere. Because, I mean, there's even, like, an episode of How I Met Your Mother where he met the one girl online for a date, and at the very end, it's revealed it was on WoW. You know? And so, but that type of thing, like, would have never been done with, like, EverQuest. Because it just hadn't hit I mean, the big sphere like that. Well, let's let's ignore that and say you're talking about on the TV show in real life. There's, we know people that got married because yeah. they, they met... met online in one of those games. And they're it's very true. happily married, too. Specifically in World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, see, for me, I like I like MMOs. I enjoyed WoW when I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, I play DC Just, Online off and on. Real quick retort, I think at, at this table, uh, out of the five of us, I think four of us were all WoW players, too. Yeah, at some point, yeah. I am the odd man out. You yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. my, my thing is... I, I don't mind MMOs, but what's happening now is... So the next Assassin's Creed will have four-player support. Online support only. So four people can get online and play Assassin's Creed. Well, I mean, there is still a single-player single campaign, but part of the game is locked away if you're not playing but online. Does that count player. as an MMO? Four players? No, 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 but now, it, but now it's multiplayer. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like an old man with it. Like, keep your multiplayer off my lawn. I want to play, like, single player. Yeah, when I, I, sometimes when I want to play a game, I just want to sit there by myself. I don't want other people. I don't want to play with other people. I hated, like, I did not like the Mass Effect multiplayer. I never played it because it's not my thing. But the problem was you couldn't get certain endings unless you played it. Well, you know, I think a big key point is what's really tricky. I think if you're in your teens... MMOs and multi- and playing online gaming is very easy to do. Yeah. In your 20s, and like earlier 20s, it's still fairly easy to do. As you're getting older, it becomes drastically more and more difficult. You get married, it becomes even more difficult. You have kids, it gets more difficult. If that's the trend, though, with all that stuff, it starts alienating... Your kids become teenagers. It becomes remarkably easy once again. A bonding <laughs> moment. It's true. Yeah. But I mean, like that's the thing, though, is like a lot of the people that are gamers now, and like still even consider the hardcore gamers, are the people that grew up in the NES era and started seeing this trend. Now, a lot of the heavy games that are coming out and that we still all want to play, and we see, oh, like, oh, the next entry in the franchise that I love or really want to make sure I play, it has a heavy online component, and I'm like, I work nine to five every day, like. You know, I want to come home and have a social life and spend time with my wife. And I want to play it from ten to eleven thirty before I go to bed. But I mean, that's that's a problem though. At times, like if you only have a small chunk of time to play those games, it, you are missing out on a lot of what that game was built for. You become the person that that game is now alienating. Yeah. Um, to give a great example, Final Fantasy. Up until Final Fantasy fourteen, there was no online component in any Final Fantasy game. Or Final Fantasy twelve. 11. I'm no, sorry. Wasn't there a Final Fantasy? Final, it was Final oh, Fantasy yeah, yeah. eleven. Is the one I'm thinking of. I'm sorry. Yeah. Up until Final Fantasy eleven, which was an MMO, mm-hmm. which I think is closed now. Uh, no, it's still running. Oh. Okay. okay, and then fourteen was an MMO. Mm-hmm. Okay, fifteen. 
from what I hear, will have online components. Um, it's a Final Fantasy one. It's a Final Fantasy game. How the hell? Yeah, you're gonna be. It's gonna take you forever to finish it anyway. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll now I've got to add in. I gotta get friends to help me out. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Um, I and mean, I can. I'll run over this very quickly. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. If they save the online components, it's most likely DLC. Um, oh, that's no, no, no. I was hearing like your friends can like Assassin's Creed. Your friends can join you and take over characters. I've been watching really close. To- Tokyo Game Show is happening as we speak. They've been showing off a lot of. New video of Final Fantasy 15. There has been zero discussion of anything about oh, okay. multiplayer in that game. Um, the new video too. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, this series looks like it's the first Final Fantasy in a long time. That's going look. to be quite amazing. Yeah. Yes, with the 50s car and the grease skies. It looks amazing. <laughs> it's also. I'm not saying it doesn't look great. I'm just saying we got the 50s car and the grease skies. But it's a new. It's a new scenario though, at least. Um, branching off of what Rob was saying, though, I mean, like, one of the reasons I kind of cling to the Bioware ones is because I can save at any point. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I were to go back and play other games, or if I were to play an MMO, or, you know, and I'm, like, stuck in a raid, I can't afford to, like, dedicate that big chunk of time to a game. Like, I need to be able to, at any point stop and pause and just you know if i need to go out like you know what i mean because gaming for me has to be something where it's like all right i finally have some time i'm gonna play for like an hour and a half or something and then you know do it over time they've come a long way in terms of being able to you know kind of ration out your time for these games if you're playing in a raid you know with a bunch of other players you're usually usually know these players beforehand and you Block off that time mm-hmm. to be in the raid. If you're a casual player and you only have a couple hours a week, you know, to play in, you know, play the game, they've got these, you know, pickup raids basically <clears throat> that, yeah, okay, they're not the same level of difficulty as, as, you know, going in with 10 people you know, but you can join at any time. You can drop at any time without having to worry about any kind of, you know, any kind of backlash from people saying, oh, you know, why'd you drop and, and things like that. Because there are people that are just randomly selected from servers because so many people play these games nowadays and so many people have that same issue where they just need to get in, do what they want to do and get out. Well, one of the things I kind of want to bring up and it's kind of really prevalent too is Destiny's out right now. A lot of our friends are playing Destiny on PS4. Some of them are playing on Xbox One, but... There's a good group of us that are playing. You know, I took off the day of release, um, uh, and I got a chance to play. And I played all most of that day, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't play for a couple days. But in that meantime, everybody I was playing with had reached level cap already. I'm still sitting way back. There's a lot of the content they're doing that I can't no longer engage in. That alienates me, and as I'm catching up, they're only getting further and further and further away. And with that, that's that's not necessarily a problem with the game. Unfortunately, that's a problem with with the social group. You know, if you want to play with other people and you all want to be the same level, you say, okay, we're all going to get on this time and we're going to play these characters and we're going to level up together and we're going to do things together. But the problem and, is not people don't do that, though. That's very, very minimal because also that's also the people that want to play a game, especially a new game when it comes out, oh, you get those people that are really just gung-ho and want to play. And they're just going to make sure they put every ounce of the time. Then well, there's people that just have very busy schedules that can't do that. 
So like, you know, if you're one of those people with a busy schedule, you really get left in the dust, even if you want to be there for it. Actually, I, I got to agree with Bill. But when I was doing DC online, um, heavily, uh, because, you know, I was unemployed and able to sit at home and do nothing but play DC online. Um, there was a guild I ran into that, a league actually, not a guild, um, that, uh, all the characters on there were the exact same level. Yeah. Okay. Every time they, they would meet up and they'd get, they'd have their league meeting and they'd go, okay, by, Next Saturday, everybody's got to be up a level so we can do this raid. Okay. And that, and then you'd play on your own time, but then you'd just meet that one level. Fuck that. <laughs> you just turned a video game into a job. I'm not saying All right, I guys, did. remember, you've got until Saturday at 12 o'clock and you have to have accomplished this many things. No, dude, it's a game. I want to play it when I feel like playing. It's yeah, fun. But do you know not, how many people it's fun, not homework. This crap? <laughs> I, I, was, I was a guild leader in WoW for probably about two years. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was a job. I have I had this job to organize this many people along with some other people uh, that that helped me out with organizing. But I paid for a Ventrilo server monthly. I said, okay, everybody who wants to join, here's you know your your Ventrilo access. I set up everything. It was a job, and 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 that's what I wanted it to be at that point. Um, I think because I've you know I've played WoW and I I've seen the level gap and stuff like that. But I think the difference I, I'm not sure because I have not played a lot of these. Like I didn't I haven't played Destiny. I haven't played a lot of the like I didn't play Mass Effect Online. I didn't play a lot of the map, like multiplayer options. But um, one of the things with WoW though is they did they it you could have like someone with a you know. When you were a new character, you could have, like, a higher-level character help you level faster. So, I mean, like, there were capabilities to do that in WoW. I don't know there, if there, there, there are. There are ways are to they? power level and they're, okay. in most games. Yeah. They're, they're, okay. they're bringing that back a little bit with, with WoW. I mean, it's taken them 10 years to get to the point where if you have people that are separated by 20 levels, mm-hmm. their power levels are after the new expansion comes out in November. What's, what's the name of the new expansion to Warlords of Draenor? Okay. Which is Lords of Drano? Drano. (laughs) (laughs) We will unclog these drains! Sled by Mr. Clean. And it's funny because they're actually doing a time traveling thing with the expansion. (laughs) So. But well, aren't they giving you an ability to start with a, um, a higher level character in that game too? If you. In the expansion. If you pre order the expansion. You get one level 90 character boost, so you can take any character you have and say, oh, I'm going to make him max level for right now, you know. For the start of the new content. For the start of the new content, and then you only have to gain 10 levels instead of 100. But, I mean, for a game that's 10 years old, that's that's nice, because if not, you've got a lot of time that you've got to spend between... They're also selling them as well. You can buy them for all your characters if you want to. But you, of course, you have to spend sixty bucks to buy them individually. Uh, and this <laughs> is a game that still charges a fifteen dollars monthly subscription. Too. But it is worth it. Uh, it's worth that. it because the ser- server stability, content, just, just I can I can understand story that. content. I, I do understand that to an extent because if you're playing like even on PS3, if you're playing on well, oh yeah, not you know not as much to worry about PS3, but if you're playing on PS4. You're playing an Xbox 360 or Xbox One. You're already paying. You're paying for that service ability, but you're paying a yearly cost. You're paying that's PlayStation Plus, that's Xbox Live, um, 
and you're, that's your $50 or $60 that you're paying for that service, but that's for your year. That's for you to be able to do that, and that's paying for their servers. Um, I do get that to an extent, but they're also giving me other things for it. That's why, I mean, that's such an odd model still in my brain, but I do kind of get it. They're still making money. Yeah. They are. They really are. Hand over fist. And yeah. they're, they're t- technically, yeah, technically you don't really think that they're giving you anything for your monthly fee. But they are still, I mean, they're giving they're you... They're providing you new content right. constantly because there's always new quests. They're patching the game. Mm-hmm. They're constantly doing support. I do totally get that. It's just not in the same way that we think about it as much on the console space. Um, I mean, the, the PC and console worlds are still vast worlds apart. I mean, um, it's just now that console's catching up to what PC's been doing for a long time. Like, even digital distribution's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's a result because of things like Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, even the prices of digital content are starting to change. Like, you see a lot of great sales, but console space is never going to be able to react the exact same way because they still have to deal with retail distribution because if they, they can't drop a price to, low dollars the same way Steam can because most PC titles are coming out digital only. Um, when you still have chains like Walmart and Best Buy and Target, if you say, hey, our game on digital is an eighth of the cost, those companies are not going to buy that product to sell anymore. So, I mean, it's it's a weird win-win. But I can totally see you on where there's a massive difference still. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little bit off topic. I I apologize for that. (laughs) Well, I want to jump it back to a slightly different topic because we're talking about MMOs and we're talking about the obvious ones with World of Warcraft and and the ones where there's a high player interaction. But what about some of the other versions of it? I know uh, Dark Souls, for example, you could interact with other players by leaving them messages. They could see your ghosts, but you couldn't actually hit them. And in, in... I guess that was Demon Souls and Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2. They actually had the ability where you could put out a request for help and someone could come in, transport into your game and help you pass one section. And that was that. And then they would go back. That's a whole other form of online I mean, online that's okay co-op. because those, games are, still, <laughs> those yeah. games are still based at primarily as a single player experience for the yes. most part, though. That's why, like, that's that's a big difference from what TJ was talking about with the games like Assassin's Creed Unity coming out, when they said, here's all the missions to the game, and you're able to see all of them. But you're only able to play, if you play single player, you're only allowed to play the single player selected missions. Yeah. It's all on one map, and the problem is it's a giant open world, and the <clears> way that they're showing this and giving this to players is you're walking down the streets of, like, the re- revolutionary times in France. <coughs> in France, excuse me, um... So as you're going through, and you may walk past a bar, and you'll hear a whole bunch of people discussing something, and then a little mission icon will come up and it'll say, multiplayer only. So that's yeah, that's a big lame. problem, though. I kind of am actually coming around, and I kind of want to agree with you on this, that that is a problem. Because yeah. as much as I like single-player games, as much as I like multiplayer games, I, I feel like it's almost neither of the twain should meet. Yeah, you really shouldn't hybridize your experience that much because there's not there are people out there. There's certainly people out there that love it, right? That love to play that single player game and then get to the multiplayer aspect and dive right into it. But then there's other people that really just love to play a multiplayer game, or other pe- people that love to play a single player game. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that way with you know with World of Warcraft. I can do whatever I want on my own. It's your choice. Or I can go ahead and do stuff with other people. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's also you look at, um, 
another really good key point is like games like Evolve. Evolve is is another shooting game, and a lot of us have talked about it. And what it is is uh, it's four four online players versus one player, one overpowered player. So it's basically it's four people hunting a monster, and somebody can play the monster. There's no question about that. That is specifically an MMO, or not an MMO game, but a, a multiplayer online game. Um, so it's like that definitely is allowed to totally exist, and there's no issue with that. But it's like, you know, when companies like Activision come out and say, Call of Duty, we have a great story. The story's two hours. You know, I, I can I can buy an, an indie game for 10 bucks. that's 15 to 20 hours. I'm not going to, if I only am a single-player gamer, I'm not going to go out and buy that. So I don't like, I, it's just a shame that these companies are still toting. Yeah. We have a big single-player experience for you when it's kind of a lie. I was going to say, you hit the you hit the nail on the head there with, it's all about what you want in a game. Right. And if you're not looking for an online shooter, you don't get Call of Duty. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it's There are some games that have an amazing storyline, and then they have an online feature that you can do if you want. And then there are other games that are an online game, and they have a single storyline if you want to play it. Oh, um... My thing is, um, going back to your, uh, the four person versus one person. Recently I got, uh, uh, PlayStation All Star from the PS Plus program. That is a great multiplayer experience. You want to know what's great about it? I played with Kenny and another one of our friends, Buttercup. In front of the TV, why they sat next to me. That is nice. That's a great multiplayer experience. But nobody does that anymore. We do it. No, I mean, <laughs> none of the games what are we, make Nobody? It. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Nobody makes it anymore. But no, I mean, like, branching off of what Kenny was saying, though, with, you know, if you want to play a game like Call of Duty by Call of Duty, the problem is, is they're integrating that m- multiplayer aspect into games that aren't like Call of Duty, that are people, you know, you don't play an RPG because you want to play a shooter. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you play it, like, that's why a lot of people who play the RPGs are playing it for story, not the multiplayer experience. Is your new Dragon Age going to have that? I hope yes. not. <laughs> well, what it is, is, and I'll put it this way, I have no problem with what they're doing, because they're doing it the same way that they handled Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 was still a huge game. I got all the content I wanted out of that game. It's true. I completed it. The story length felt just as long as Mass Effect 1 or 2 did. And then they, on top of that, had a multiplayer component. They did make a mistake in that game where, in order to get one of the best endings, you had, had to, to play, multiplayer. play multiplayer. It wasn't until about six months later that they patched that out. Mm-hmm. Which but is fine. Yeah. They, thankfully, I think Bioware learned from that, and I don't think that's going to be an issue with Dragon Age Inquisition, because they haven't mentioned any of that. But they did say there's that similar multiplayer structure that existed there that will be in Dragon Age 3. So if you did like yeah. that, it's an option. I don't mind having it as an option. My problem is like what TJ was saying with Assassin's Creed, where it becomes integrated into and you're missing out on the experience of the game or, you know, missions or things like that, where it's like, that's not cool. I could see them, you know, patching something like that in the future where, you know, you have strictly multiplayer missions patched to be eventually just single player missions. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, at the outset, to satisfy those hardcore gamers... You've got to have that, you know, kind of hybrid style. So 
if you don't have that hybrid style and you don't have people saying, well, if you don't have people throwing themselves into the game saying, oh, I want to do all the content and I have to do all this special stuff to get the content, I'm not going to play the game because it's not challenging enough. Uh, and that's kind of like why I'm really excited. Like there's, um, we've been talking about Extra Life for a while now. Um, but that's what makes me really excited about that day is that's a day I get to like, honestly, I spent 24 hours and I get to sit with some of my best friends and we're playing games together. Um, I mean, that's a great part. I know some people want to play some online games, but they're going to set up in one room and play them together though, where they're all still together. So it's still like that same feature. You're just all on your own TV. But I mean, there's nothing better than like when games like Mario Kart come out and people are all sitting down and like, yeah, I'm really excited to play a game together. Or we're playing things like, um, Towerfall Ascension and everybody's having a great time where you're passing even around a controller in one single game where it's even a single player experience and everybody's getting a chance to try to beat it. Um, I mean, me and Kenny have done that for years. Like, we would go through games like Devil May Cry. Just trade off per level. Yeah. You do this level, I'll do the next level. That's so boring for me. There's, I don't want to watch something, people like it. There's there's always, yeah, but you know what? It's different, it's different when you're watching them play a game knowing I'm going to be playing next. You're, you're, you're learning to see what they're doing. You're looking to see what new abilities they have, what techniques they're showing. It's like when you're playing a board game. You're, you're looking to see what everyone else is doing in order to plan your strategy against them. Because if TJ moves his pawn to the left, it's going to completely eradicate my strategy and I have to have a new strategy. But what if he moves it to the right? Well, then I have to have a new, and I got to prepare for all these options. That's what you're doing. Yeah. My problem is I'm better than you at video games. <laughs> so, so, so when I watch Could you, you play, I just... reiterate who won in the PlayStation game? No, no, no. I'm saying in general, I'm better than you at video games, at least in my head. And when I watch you play, I just want to stop you because you're doing it wrong. Give me the goddamn controller. And that's exactly in where it is. It's all in your head. Yeah. Fine. For me, I'm just too impatient. I'd rather just play. It's the same. I hate watching things. I'd rather be doing. And so if I'm not actively immersed in it, I'm bored. Because I'm bad at watching. It's also taking turns. You, as a cat, did not I'm learn terrible. to share. No, God, no. She's like, no, that what? Oh, this is... Cat, this is an example of cat taking turns. We were playing a board game. Yeah. It was cat's turn. She moved her pieces. I said, okay, it's now TJ's turn. And cat went, no, I want to go again. And she started moving her pieces Wasn't again. Wasn't I drunk though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that, no, you need to, you need to take turns. Well, no shit. She's it like, was... I don't want other people to play. It's my turn forever. Yes, I was loaded. When I'm normally playing, I can take turns in a board game. But if I'm drunk, there's no... So it's, the same, it's the same there. thing in the video game. You take turn in the video game. Why do you get to play the whole thing? Let because Rob I'm playing a one-player <laughs> game normally, and if I'm playing a one-player game, I'm used to playing it that way. I'm not, you know, playing it for a multiplayer experience or to watch someone play a game. I, you know what ultimately it all comes down to for all of this is really the my biggest issue still with any of these kind of types of games. I can't fucking pause them. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the seriously. That's like. If I have to respond to life and I'm like, you know, at least in like a lot of single player experiences, like, let's just wait till we get to a safe point. I can turn it off if I want to, or I can just like pause the game and wait and come back to it in 15, 20 minutes. Play an MMO. Sorry. You just got to learn how to deal with it. Like I'm in raid and the dog's yapping her head off and I'm like, hold on guys, we got to stop here. I got to take the dog out. Usually when he gets prepared, he's got his pants pulled down. He's sitting on a bucket. He's got a bag attached to his crotch. 
There's like food within reach. <laughs> I don't live in my parents' basement. I don't have a hot pocket feeder. I don't have a urine tank. parents' second floor? I live in the room that I grew up in right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back soon. back um so kind of looking at everything right now one of the things that we were all discussing before we went into this episode was um like going back to our childhood our favorite books that we remember really clearly that stick uh, stick out with us books that almost sounds like we could talk about something special (laughs) cat go on go ahead plug it plug it what am I plugging? Yeah, she's going to be quiet about it. Cat's <laughs> book is free on Amazon today. And guess what? That means absolutely dick to you. <laughs> because much. it's not going to be up today. Although, but when you read this, it will still be available on Amazon at a reasonable price. And it's an amazing book and you need to check it out. Although on a cool point, um, while it's been up for free, it actually hit the... Um, number one spot in free downloads of steampunk sci-fi so that was pretty rad does anybody want to give the actual title of the book oh it's an airship named desire yeah (laughs) that might help (laughs) so go to amazon and search an airship named desire and you will be able to find this at do you know what it's selling for currently $3.99. $3.99. $3.99. That is cheap for an amazing book. So $3.99 digital. It's $9.99. You can do it there uh, for the print copy. It's also Talk Like a Pirate Day, and it's about airship pirates. So let's talk about topical. And if you buy the physical copy and mail it to Kat, she will sign it for you. Or you could also, and we'll get into this at the end of the episode, Kat also does events as well uh, with Solstice Brews and Caffeine Crews and numerous things we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. Steampunk Unlimited is in two weeks. It's at Strasburg Railroad. If you do buy your book there or if you have one, just come over to the Solstice Brews stand and uh, she'll My sign your book. information's all on there because I'm one of the guests. Man, Kat, you're just hawking yourself <laughs> way so way too much. <laughs> We're like, Kat, stop talking about yourself. <laughs> Okay, so like I said, as far as books, if there's books or series for your childhood, which ones are the ones that really stick out for everybody? Like, really hardcore that you can think of that you're like, this is what got me into, like, your modern-day geekery. Bunicula. Vampire bunny that would drink the carrots dry. That was the best ever. I loved that book. I do remember that really damn It was well. adorable. What was the cat's name? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I think it was like Chester, Chester or Chesterfield or something fancy like that. I loved it. Not Caticula? No. 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 Oddly enough, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with with a strange book. And some of you may have heard it because I I stopped reading the series, but it's one of those things that's kind of Dresden-esque that's, that's dragged, well, not dragged on because Dresden's amazing, but it's had a ton of follow-up series. And... The first book was called Necroscope, and it was a story about a necromancer, and he could control the dead and everything, and then there was the Necroscope, who could actually communicate with the dead, and there was a war with vampires and werewolves, and this whole amazing underground, it, it, was, an, it was a great story. But the first chapter of the book, now granted I was in middle school and I hadn't read anything like this before. I had eaten spaghetti dinner. I still remember it. I ate spaghetti dinner, 
read the first chapter of the book, and almost felt like I was going to throw up because it went in this graphic description about how the one guy drilled a hole until the dead person's head because the dead person wouldn't give up their secrets. So he said, I'll take them from you. And he drilled a hole into their head, sucked out their brain fluid, sloshed it around in their mouth and like played in their entrails and was able to physically rip the secrets from this dead person at a horrible amount of pain to the dead person as well. But it was very graphic, <clears throat> a great story. So necroscope. Wow, I'm glad I wasn't eating. Thank you, Kenny. I'm really happy it wasn't about necrophilia. I wasn't quite sure, and that's where I, you said the name, and we're like, yeah, Kenny would probably read this as a kid's book. Yeah, this is how Kenny got the way he um, is I'll now. be honest, I didn't do a lot of reading when I was a kid. So for me, the two that stick out in my brain very, very clearly are The Very Hungry Caterpillar and Good Night Moon. So oh. picture books. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, I was I, I was the kid that was like, video games and movies are so much better than reading books. Well, I will tell you this. I got my first video game system, the Nintendo Entertainment System. My friend got one the day it came out, and I was like, this is amazing, and I begged my parents, and they made a deal with me, and I accomplished this deal. They said, as soon as you read 100 books, we will buy this for you. That's awesome. Now, granted, I was young. So the books weren't like 500 page books. They, they were fine with things like the Hardy Boys that were like 60 pages. Yeah. So I read a hundred books and they bought me my first Nintendo wow, Entertainment. That really should be like a stipulation to be able to play games. That's I think really it's like, brilliant. I like that. And I still read books because some of them yeah. I found out were just amazing. And at towards the end of those hundred books, I started getting into Stephen King books, which were fantastic as early works at least. Yeah. So the problem with me was when the Nintendo came out, I was uh, a bit too young since mm -hmm. I'm a bit younger than yeah. most people, besides for you, Kat. <laughs> um, NES actually taught me to read because I, I played Legend of Zelda and it came with these The wordiest game ever. Zelda <laughs> so, so one, not so much. Not but. so much, but it came with a little hint guide. Yes, and I do remember that. To figure out some of the puzzles, they had the you know the hints and the hint guide, and I was like, well, I need to learn how to read so I can read these and actually play the game. But um, besides, you know, besides for that, in terms of books, I didn't read a lot. Mm -hmm. I was more with you, Rob, in terms of playing video games and watching movies and watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. But uh, I gotta say, I started reading kind of weird. Not, I, I don't want to say science fiction, but like. I read uh, Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. and then I read the well, Michael Crichton's The Lost World. Yeah. Um, actually, that was one of the books that actually sticks out really clear with me that I actually do remember mm -hmm. reading when I was growing up was The Lost World. But then I, I, I moved into kind of... You guys it, lost me. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I haven't made a single pun tonight. You you have a challenge. You need three. We have an hour to go. So. Okay, well, I, I gotta say, the other books I, I really read and I really loved was uh, Tom Clancy's Net Force series, which it wasn't necessarily really him writing, but it was uh, him and uh, a co-writer who came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. What was it called? Net Force. Did it catch you? All right, I'm done. 
They, they talked about they talked about the internet and and kind of like the you know what we almost imagined the internet to be where a you series could, of tubes. Well, <laughs> you could get you know everybody was everybody went onto the net and and surfed in virtual reality and and actually had physical avatars of themselves and you know I really just got caught up in the whole you know the 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 whole series of books that it kind of like trapped me in a web. <laughs> one one. And I'm, I'm done with that, my, that, was, I'm, that was lame. I'm done Aww. with my books. Aww. <laughs> so, his like, one was better. I don't think we should count that one. No, no, that was fine. That was quite fine. TJ just likes beating up on you about the puns. I'm sorry, man. You know what it is? It's just the fact that we beat up on him about puns for so long. Yeah, you were, yes. gone, you yes. were gone for a while. I was so. gone for a while. <laughs> um... So, I was apparently pretty much the opposite of everyone at the table. Not me, TJ. How well, are you the opposite? I said I read a lot. He said he didn't read at all. What are you in the Do you ever hear, you ever no, no. hear about <laughs> the, uh, you ever hear the, of the MS Readathon? Yes. Yeah. I actually did partake in that, and I actually, I, Oh, oh, oh. What is the MS Readathon? Uh, multiple sclerosis. Is they can read? Oh, God. <laughs> um, to, to explain what it really is real quick, not very different than Extra Life, <laughs> um, is pretty much people say, okay, for every book you read, we're going to give you money. Like, if you read five books, well, I'll give you $5 a book that you read, and it's at a time limit. You okay. know, like, where Extra Life is kind of like people can donate for how per your hour or as an overall. But you had a limited time period, and I think the time period was 30 days. Yeah, it was how yeah. many books could you yeah, read in 30, 30 days. days. And they had a checklist that you could get them. Yeah. My na- and you had a list, and your parents had to sign off on the list, and my neighbor said she would donate $5 for each book <laughs> I read. <laughs> oh, that poor woman. She I read 200 TJ, books TJ's, in 30 uh-huh. days. TJ's books oh, yeah. were... Two pages long. No. Dude, no. I'm on I was TJ's reading camp. Stephen King. I was uh-huh. reading... I read 200 books in 30 days, and I was eight years old. I remember in fifth grade, they used to have the, um, in our classroom, they had, like, an apple, and she would put a sticker on for, she had a big library in her classroom, my uh, teacher, and, like, she would put a sticker on for every book you read. Mine was the only one that needed a second frickin' apple early on in the semester, because I read, like, a fiend. Like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I have allergies and asthma, as we mentioned before on this, on the podcast, and I couldn't run. So, you know, I didn't do gym. So instead, I would stay in the library and I'd read. And eventually, mm-hmm. I ran out of books in the library to read because I read everything that interested me. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, the thing that I guess really set me where I was going, I was going through um, this one section of... Walden's books, and you can all thank me because my family kept that thing in business for 20 years. <laughs> when I stopped buying books on a daily basis, they went out of business. Um, we were not allowed to read in the car, but uh, on the way home, because nine times out of ten, we could finish the book on the way home. Uh, but we bought, I bought a book called uh, The Legend of Huma. If you've never heard of it, it's part of the series of Dragonlance. Oh, yay, Dragonlance. And it was about a knight who was combating the forces of evil. Um, and he got to ride dragons and he carried a big lance. He had a dragon lance, funny enough. Um, that was the only weapon that could really harm the evil dragons. And it was all about his faith and his belief 
in doing good. It didn't matter what you look like, what you could do. He saw the, the, the main character, Huma, saw the good in you and helped you achieve that. He was very honorable and so on and so forth. Um, and as you've probably guessed from listening <laughs> to this podcast, I play D&D now. Amazingly enough, um, <laughs> the, my, my favorite thing about this is people listening are probably trying to get a mental image of everyone. And so far, what they know about TJ is I didn't play gym. I sat in the library. I read books all the time. I have asthma. I play D and D. They're getting this image of you that like with glasses like and tape too. in the middle. <laughs> in case you're wondering, I am a fat Italian nerd. <laughs> so, so you weren't you weren't a running man. No. That, that, that's ah, that that's legit. <laughs> and Finally, we got a legit one. That's one tonight. You took you you really took a stand on reading. <laughs> Are you looking these up? I'm looking up the titles of his books because I don't know a lot of Stephen King books. Yeah, the biggest really? thing, like, with, you could say I had my eyes on dragons. The oh, Stephen dear. King books? You're gonna let that like little phone device carry you? <laughs> oh dear God! I'm taking the bell oh. away. <laughs> uh, it can barely stand up it. to things. Uh, all right, it's, it's like a nightmare. Hey, hey, hey! I need to hit for no, nightmare. No, it, you dumbass. <laughs> I was okay, gonna say, let's stop talking about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Join us, Rob. There's gonna be a moratorium on this. Very, very soon. You're the one who challenged him to get three, and he's the one using his phone to look up these things. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, I mean, it's like a real dark tower around here. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's going to fly into a rage at any minute now. <laughs> I'm Let's hope it's not around oh or else there will be a pet cemetery. Thank uh, God there's no gunslingers nearby. <laughs> You know what? I'm just gonna go to the woods somewhere and become one of the, those like crazy cat people. <laughs> oh, we're all... These oh. jokes are just getting thinner by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I fucked mine up. It's cat's eye. Yeah. Uh, it's alright, we can bury it in the pet cemetery. She already used that one. Oh god, okay, the bill's done. <laughs> but yeah, so the legend the legend of Huma was the I read that book and went, I didn't know there were books like that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because everything I had read up until that point was more science fiction and horror. I didn't realize, you know, I was eight years fantasy. old. Fa- you know, yeah. fantasy wasn't, you know, a big thing. <laughs> Everybody's like, everyone Every paused stop. for a second while Rob waved to the cat. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like, oh, what's it doing? It's, it's well, no, he waved, and I'm like, holy shit, who's over there? Yeah, Rob's right? living room is like the internet. A cat, everyone stop and see what it's doing. <laughs> sorry, sorry, go ahead. Um, and uh, it also created my fascination with the paladin character, which is why I Makes didn't sense. play that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was the book that put me on my uh, trage- trajectory. Yeah. I think mine... My series would have to be um, The Prettying Chronicles by Lloyd Alexander. They were a phenomenal... Um, I mean, most people would know it from the movie The Black Cauldron. Oh, that yeah. Was, yep. 
Um, most people know the movie. That was a horrible movie. It was not a good... It was actually a weird mesh of the first book, The Book of Three, and um, The Black Cauldron. Yeah. But The Black Cauldron, the book, was... Incre- I mean, the movie got darkish, yeah. but, like, the book was incredibly dark. It was all based on Welsh mythology, and I was, all, I was always into mythology. I used to read, like, Greek myth, Roman myth, like, and the Welsh mythology was very interesting. But, um, I just loved the... Because you pretty much, through the series, um watched the journey of a hero and watched him grow up. And mm-hmm. so it was just one of those ones that always stuck with me. Um, the characterization is fantastic because it's about uh, four books, but by the first, like the first book, he's like a bumbling kid. He is, makes a million and one mistakes. He's hot headed, like screws up. And by the end, like you just see this badass that's like wise and learned and you, but you watched every step of the way. And I loved that character development mm-hmm. and getting to see it like really progress through each book. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, like, sure. oh, is there so, any, oh, is there any <laughs> really big ones that really jumped out from your childhood? Uh, we didn't, that we like... didn't get into this, but I feel like this will hit home with a lot of other people. Choose your own adventure books. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, my that's God. Really I true. Like I, I actually, it's, it's kind of funny too, because it feels like that's, that's something that you really like has, is slowly coming back a little bit. I was going to ask if they still have them. Well, not in the traditional sense. Like, um, well, did like, you hear what um, Neil Patrick Harris is doing? No, I didn't. What's that? So choose your own autobiography. That's all. Awesome. It's his autobiography, but it'll be in the form of a choose your own adventure book. So you get to make choices for him, but only one line is what he actually did. Interesting. That's amazing. I have a really embarrassing story about the first time I picked up a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Yeah? I, uh, I, I read it from cover to cover. cover. Oh! <laughs> and I was very, very confused. I was like, oh! this doesn't make sense. This character died six times already. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking what it would be like to read it cover to cover, because it would be like, and then there was a door to the left or the door to the right. If you want the door to the right, go to 29. If you want the door to the left, go to 57. Tom jumped into the cauldron. What? <laughs> Did anyone ever cheat with them? I used to sit there and I would like... Put the finger. Yes. Oh my God. I would use every finger I and I'd be every... sitting there like, okay, if I go this way, I die. So I have to backtrack to this one. All right. This option. Oh man, I backed myself into a corner. All right. Let's go back a couple ones. It was well, ridiculous. And then we did that with video games too, where you would hit a save point and you would go and go and be, oh shit, that was the wrong uh-huh. way to go. And start and go the, the save again and go point. the other way. Yep, yep. Well, that's interesting that you bring it up because that's where I was actually getting into is the reason the way Choose Your Own Adventures kind of come back is like, you know, in the early 90s, like the LucasArts Sierra games were like the equivalent of the yeah. Choose Your Own Adventure because it was the graphical adventure stories. Now it's changed so much because that was still a linear story, but that came back when Telltale came into into play with like a wolf, the Wolf Among Us or um, the Walking Dead game that they did, and because yeah. it's they give you those choose your own adventure aspects where it's kind of like this character died or this character can die, and it changes everything from the outside. So it's that replayability. So, so this how, is, how do you put your finger in that and look ahead? It's a save file, <laughs> and then just keep going, and you're like, oh dear god. But I mean, again, this is coming from the the dumb kid non reader originally. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest though, like I. I it's it's not just like the, that kind of stuff. I, there was books I tried to get into at a really early age that I think they were just a little bit beyond me. Like I remember some of the first books I ever had. I had these little pocket books um, that were um, novels of like like little Jules Verne novels that my dad gave me. Yeah. And I remember the covers so vividly. Like they had like these watercolor esque kind of like covers, and it was like 
Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Like, I remember that very clear. I remember trying my hardest to understand the the vocabulary, and it was just a little bit beyond me. But, I mean, I remember... tough ones to get into, though. I remember I was maybe about, Connecticut like... Connecticut Yankee was a good story. I remember mm-hmm. about being, like, six or seven and, like, trying to go through these books, and I was like, I just was struggling every <coughs> every little tiny bit through... And every time I did understand something, I was just like, oh, my God, this is really cool. Because that was kind of a way to start getting into reading. And ultimately, it, it turned into how I became very lazy in my youth, which was kind of like, they made a movie about this. I don't have to read this. So, <laughs> But comic books, though. Comic books were a big thing, too. And I'll get that in a second. I'm sure TJ's yeah. got that going for him, too. Um, uh, speaking of Choose Your Own Adventures, after I read Legend of Huma, I actually ran into a series called... Um, uh, the Adventures of Lone Wolf, and probably nobody here has heard of that. And what it was was it was a choose your own adventure book, but it was you had a character with stats and powers and equipment, right? And you go through the and it was a series of books. It was written over in England, and um, I was always disappointed because they stopped publishing here in the United States at oh. book twenty four. But the United Kingdom got up to 30. Oh, that's And actually, if you go online... It's called Amazon. No, no, no. It, it, no, they're out of print now. By the um, time Amazon it, rolled around, it was out of print. It's anything out of eBay. I was gonna say, well, <laughs> no, actually, no, 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 no. Anything out of print, you can find somewhere in a digital copy. Yeah. No, no, no. But online. what it is now is it was so popular back then. And I have to... Let me look up the website real quick. They have an app. That, no, it's not an app. It The guys who... There are a bunch of guys, and it's I think it's called the Mag Magna Chi Project. Um, they went to Joe Dever, Dever, the the writer of the books, and said, "Hey, we want to we want to bring these back." Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. It's called Project Aeon A O N, um, and they basically got all of his stuff and put it. You know, put it online, and they're working with him to create new content. That's awesome. They just That's ended really a cool. kin- uh, they just ended a Kickstarter for a role playing game based on it. That's, That's cool. fantastic. And it's like this thing that I uh, used to read is suddenly back. That's, That's pretty really cool. awesome. Did anyone read um, Redwall? That was another big one for me. Never. I could it. never get past the really? Badgers. Oh, I loved it. No, they were um the main characters were always mice. Yeah, mice. And then the, they the were badgers like were on the covers for badgers, a lot for some reason. They were. Um, badgers were like lived in Salamandrastrand or something else. So, like they didn't live in the Abbey with the other ones. But then like all the like weasels and stuff were the bad guys. It was awesome. There was like you know rats and stuff. But like the it was another British author. But the food descriptions were <laughs> amazing. So when you're a kid, you're like, I just want to eat. Like it was seriously like, <laughs> half of it. Half of it was like about the little like mice fighting things. <laughs> the rest of it was about she, cheese, she and that's why my wife me. loves cheese. She lost me halfway through. So in, in my randomness of what I was picking up of her saying was, there were mice, and then there were weasels, and the weasels were at bad, and you wanted to eat them. <laughs> what? No, the, um, they like all. So it was pretty much like they gave. Um, rodents and things like that like humanistic characters or you know they characteristics characteristics yes thank you and um so like 
the mice would be the heroes and they would have like legendary swords and then they all lived in this abbey happily and then the rats would come and try to take it over and then the mice would have to fight them away and stuff like that. It's um very similar to my brain's blanking on that. Mice and Mystics board game. <laughs> no, I know. There's a really um, no, the Mice famous, and Mystics board uh, game is very cool like that. It's a famous book that's um Mousegar. No, not Mousegar. This that's is an older this is an older one. Oh, it's, okay. it was involving rabbits. Um, Watership Down. Velveteen yes. Rabbit. No, Watership Down. Okay. Um, that was a but horrible movie. Don't ever let your like kids that, watch that though. movie. It was like that, except instead of bunnies, it was uh, mice and stuff like that. But really... Then don't ever read it. The only thing I remember from Watership Down is horrible oh, rabbits being ripped apart by it's other really things and sad. death and murder and bloody and oh, that was horrible. It was traumatizing as a child. It is. Sounds well, like I a regular mean, DC comic. Right I, I was, like, I was about to say, I was like, I was like, well, you know, like, you no, know. if you look up pictures of Watership Down, because I did for the other day, because mm-hmm. I had to find something, and there's like a shot of like this rabbit, like in fear with blood pouring out of it, and another rabbit with like these sharp fangs yeah. and blood and flesh ripping. It was a messed up book. Redwall was like that too. There were like, I remember the one where the um, little girl, her father badger died, and it was really upsetting. And then in the um, first one too, I think like the son's father died. It was very like Lion King esque. So just for the record. You guys need to read the little outlines that we have because that was a great fucking segue that you just read. I, I, I had it. I had it. Coming. Don't worry. I already have it planned. I have yeah. it planned. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask one more thing on the, uh, on the book. On the book well, topic. I was going to stay with the book thing and I was going to move into the next topic without having to. Oh, he was going to be so seamless. But, all right. Well, here's what we're going to do. You were so excited Rob, you're, about You're going to have to do a, a smooth rabbits. segue again. But I want to ask the. Uh, did anyone else when they were in elementary school have that? club or whatever it was where the teacher would hand you out a pamphlet and it was a pamphlet of books that you could order. Yes. And you would take them. Yep. And the, the cool kids would always books. order. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. It was a scholastic and book fair, man. The mm-hmm. cool kids would always order Mad Libs uh-huh. along with their books. No, and we would play Mad Libs. My, my all list the time. was always um, like the trades of the Garfield, Jim Davis Garfield yeah. uh, books. And it would be that. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes was a big one. Uh, I ordered some real books though, too. Uh, I got just, not just like the not just the comic. I, I got my Benicula through that. Yeah. Oh, Benicula! Uh, actually, no. The funny thing is, though, like going through all this, though, too. Like uh, the interesting thing is, I think honestly, with with this is for me, like comics were like my really like entry point for reading. Um, but I mean, like that's honestly where I feel like I really understood how to read. And, like, understood, like, not just taking the words and trying to, like, process them, but actually what those words actually meant. Um, and I think it, it's an amazing tool. Like, and it's kind of funny. Like, you go back to, like, what was the the book from, like, the 1950s or 60s with Seduction of the Innocent? Yeah. Was kind of, like, saying that, like, comics are, like, the most evil thing in the world, um, you know, way back when. But it's really funny. Like, you, like hear, all, you hear all of these stories constantly that, like, comic books are such a great entry point for readers. Um, and I, I, I'm really happy to see that after all this time, though, they still exist. Um, and actually, some of the best uh, books out there now, if you want to grab them for your kids, uh, there's a series out there called Teeny Titans. It's yeah. Adorable. And it's a great entryway to reading. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say teeny Titans? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to teen Titans? Yeah, yeah. teeny Titans. And I was, They're I'll, chibis. I'll, They're I'll get into so that in just a second, actually. Um, but, like, for me, like, um, I, I remember very clearly growing up, like, loving Transformers. And, like, my dad, like, you know, was like, if I was, like, sick, 
would go to like a little drugstore we had, and they had a huge comic book rack. This and is when you could buy comics other places. Yeah, like yeah, in like normal bookstores, and they yeah. had huge sections of comic books. And he'd be like, I, he, I remember that's one of the times when I was like five or six years old, and he's like, here's a He-Man, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe comic book from Marvel Comics. And then it would be like, here's like five or six issues of Transformers. And it was I, also a time when you could read an individual comic book and it wasn't lost as to what's going on. Yeah. Right. Comic books were individual stories. But I remember like the second or third time that he actually gave books to me, it, was just, it wasn't just the TV shows I was watching. It was like... I remember seeing a Batman comic and like be like, holy crap, this is really cool. And then like getting really like into instead of just going through and flipping through pages, looking at the pictures, like, I have that toy, I have that toy, to actually reading the stories, and that actually became a huge part to going to comic book conventions or like early on. I have I still have a program from like nineteen ninety two from like Philadelphia Comic Convention, which was called Comic Fest before it was Wizard World. Um you know, I remember meeting, like, Todd McFarlane and all these people, like, way back when growing up. And it was really cool to see all this kind of stuff. And, like, knowing that comic books was where I got my my reading from. But, like, going to what TJ said, though, it's it's really interesting because, like, books like Tiny Titans, like, they took that, like... Because comic books were never a simple entry point because they never wrote the dialogue so simplistic. They still used a lot of heavy vocab, but... They had the photos to, to go along with it so you actually understood still what was happening. So built your vocabulary. But now they're, DC's been doing what the Johnny DC line, which is, um, mm-hmm. like books like Tiny Titans and all. And, uh, and actually I'm going to plug one here. Uh, they do digitally Scooby Doo team ups and the latest one has them teaming up with, I swear to God, the Super Friends. That's rather comical. <laughs> but like, Look, we're trying to have a serious panel discussion here. <laughs> but like, you know, like Tiny Titans is great though. It's like it takes a, a lot of the DC characters, but makes them very relatable to kids, and it makes the text simplistic. It's a great tool for reading. But the cool thing is now these characters, like the Teen Titans characters, have existed through multiple formats. Like they had a cartoon a couple of years ago on Cartoon Network that got really big. And they did a lot of interesting stuff and told serious stories from the comic books, but they did it in a good way. Like, they had a lot of humor in their show, and then they could take it into a serious aspect. And now these characters became very big. Like, they later went on to consisting still after that show ended, had a really great run in the comic books for a very long time. Like, that was one of the things that got Kat very interested in reading comics again, um, which was um, Jeff Johns uh, and his run in Teen Titans. Uh, and the reason that's kind of interesting to bring this up now is... Um, the TV universe for DC has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and recently they announced that the Teen Titans is going to be, or actually now they, they're treating it as Titans, is going to become a TV show. Um, so the uh, one of the things that I was kind of thinking about was like, you know, would this show actually work out there in the superhero genre? I mean, is this this is becoming also a bigger part of DC and their TV takeover while Marvel is on the cinema side? Who's putting it out? Um, the Titans? I don't know if we know The exactly Teen yet. Titans will be developed by Warner Brothers. And so the we'll CW? Air... No. No, we don't. It'll air on TNT. Oh. Um, but part of the reason why... The, part of the reason why, Teen Titan, why Titans is going to be significant... Um, well, there's actually... No, wait, there's it, a couple is it of just reasons. called Titans? It's just called Titans. So they're no longer teens. Correct. They'll be like mid twenties. 
like 20 and 20 to 30. Which works well for these characters because mm-hmm. a lot of these characters, like we've seen There's, them through so many iterations. It, it's a good it's a good jumping on point too because those kids that actually did watch that Teen Titans cartoon are in that 19 to early 20s range yeah. now. Um, a lot, there's a couple of reasons why Titans is going to be significant. The first one is that they're introducing Dick Grayson as Nightwing instead of Robin. And that's a huge change. Like, well, yeah. Like, Most people, if you walk out on the street and go, who's, you know, name a Robin, they're going to go Dick Grayson because that's the one that's been out in the media. Whereas in comic books, we've gone through four Robins since Dick Grayson. The other reason why this is, and this is the bigger reason why this is going to be significant. If you go to the Teen Titans cartoon, the five main characters were Robin, Raven, Starfire, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. Okay? Two of those characters, Starfire and Raven, have been, um, have been confirmed for this Titan series. Oh, because really? they need hot girls in the show. Yes, <laughs> but there's only one white guy. Dick Grayson is the only white guy in this series, yeah, which is a huge true. change. He was the only white guy in the cartoon out of those five. Yes, exactly. That's Beast Boy was thing. green. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is now we're going to have a live action, uh, live action uh, TV yeah, show yeah. where the main characters are not white guys. That's good. Which is really cool to see. It's like it's a show because t- who's, who's the leader of the Teen Titans? Nightwing. Uh-huh. What color is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm not yeah. saying that there isn't a white guy on the, on the team, but Cyborg is getting a big push in the DC universe and right has, now. Yes, and he's a, years. he is, uh, he's a black guy. Yeah. Beast Boy is, green. you know, a green guy. Okay. The, uh, Starfire's orange. orange. Is, okay. is Beast Boy going to be green in the comics? <clears throat> Or yeah. are they going to make him human? You mean in the TV show? I'm sorry, in the TV show. Or are they going to make him human esque? Well, we don't even know. If are they going to do that with uh, Starfire? Are they just going to be like, she's from Jersey Shore, she's orange? <laughs> well, <laughs> but the other thing is, if you go into the Titans roster, like into the comic book roster, uh, recently they introduced uh, a guy by the name of Bunker. He's a, okay? he's a gay male. He, he's a gay Hispanic male. Okay. The and he's t- a really, really interesting character. He's a really interesting character. The nice part about the Titans, more so than any other team, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about Avengers, X-Men, uh, Justice League, any other team has been mainly comprised of white males. The, t- the Titans... Always were, very diverse, yeah. Were always very diverse. Yeah, they were. Women, uh, minorities... Uh, there was actually one iteration of the team that didn't have a white guy on it. They were all uh, they were all uh, ethnic- ethnicities. What Thank e- you. What ethnicity is green? <laughs> <laughs> he's animal, animal, mineral, and yeah. vegetable. I guess. Actually, he's uh, theoretically he's African. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they actually. Um, uh, they actually did a really good kind of later follow up to the Titans cartoon, which was Young Justice. That and that's, awesome. um, it was a beautifully done show. And they actually even went into, um, Beast Boy, which the character's name is Garfield Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed, um, and I think near the end of season one, kind of his origin story. And it was on the plains of Africa. It was really cool mm-hmm. to watch. Um, but they, they, they've always been really a great group of characters. And I'm really kind of curious on if they're going to take a good positive leap. 
Yeah, um, Teen Titans was actually my intro to DC, and that's what got me hooked, because I absolutely loved the different, like, it just had so many different characters, and, you know, you could just hop around. It was a, it was because it didn't force you to, like, know all of <coughs> DC's, you know, mm-hmm. history and everything like that. Like, it wasn't, like, jumping into, like, Batman's storyline. It's a really good like entry that. point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the nice thing, too, and I think the reason that what the Titan show could do really, really well is... Um, they've always dealt with the characters and their lives more, a lot of times more so than they actually did with, here's the big bad of the week. Um, there was a lot more humanistic issues that they were dealing with on a very constant basis because it's a group of young people trying to work together and there's, they're not at that level of being, you know, adults where it's kind of like, look, this is how the real world works. There's a lot of these problems getting, getting away. So, I mean, like, yeah, some people are going to argue, like, that there's going to possibly be that kind of teen drama-esque, like, Dawson's Creaky kind of stuff. And, so, you know, and while that's true, but, you know, like, there's versions there's of that that, that are over narrow. time. Well, they're not going to do that now because they're not teens. But we don't know. We have no idea Just what teen Titans. Teen, teen no, I, I didn't watch Teen Titans. Did they address issues like that? Were there, were there like, people that had spontaneous boners or, like, <laughs> problems? Or did they get into that? It's a teen thing. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, no, they, what, they got... What they did, what they did deal... Because by the time... Not in the cartoon show, but in the comic. What they did deal with was the transition from teen to adult. To adult. Um, I so mean, you have, uh, for example, in the comics, Teen Tit- the new Teen Titans. Um, sorry, our, 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 if you hear a thud in the background of the audio, and apparently our, our small cat that is really angry that we locked him away. <laughs> I think he's hurling himself at the door. Um, I thought Beast Boy was here. <laughs> uh, in the original Teen Titan, in the, in the original Teen Titans series, um, Dick Grayson was still Robin. When a writer by the name of Marv Wolfman took over uh, in the early 80s, uh, one of the first things he did was transfer, was write that transition of Dick Grayson f- uh, from Robin to Nightwing. And it was the growth of a character from the, t- from the teen wonder to an actual adult. Um, the same happened with Wally West. Wally West became the fuck. Uh, you know, started his transition to the Flash in the pages of the Teen Titans. Um, they dealt with the characters growing up and making mistakes. So, oh, um, Dick Grayson almost married Starfire at one point. Yeah, I mean, like they they've and done it, a lot of interesting things. I yeah, mean, they really have. And I mean, uh, what was really interesting too is like in the later point of that run, um, uh, the. Tim Drake, who was one of the later members of the Teen Titans, who was another Robin originally, um, you saw him while he was in the course of the Teen Titans deal with the death of three of his close, uh, three of the closest people to him in his life. Oh my God, that was like George R. R. Martin. T- I felt like George R. R. Martin took over like, writing. It's like all my friends are dead. He had um, he had his father die, and then you saw him in the Teen Titans dealing with the death of his father. Like so, what it's like to be a teen dealing with a family death. And not much longer after that, one of his best friends that was part of the Titans and his died. Girlfriend. And his girlfriend getting murdered. Like, <laughs> it was really this rough. was in the course of a couple of years, but you got to see this character go through a really rough transition. And they, the writer that was responsible for a lot of that stuff kept that up now, I and didn't... showing what it's like to be a teen and ha- reach that breaking point and what happens to your life as you fall down a, a, a hole of depression. I didn't, I didn't read that, obviously. I said I didn't read the Teen Titans or anything, but 
Did they answer the question, where does a superhero go for therapy? His friends. That's what the purpose of the Teen Titans was. Mm-hmm. It was it was a group of people that came together, but ultimately that was what was fun about that book. It was like reading a book with your friends. It's, that, that was, that's an amazing part of that kind of story. The, the Titans with uh, the Tim Drake Robbins, Superboy, and Wonder Girl originated from another book called Young Justice. And when that series ended, it was um, the, the writer, a guy by the name of Peter David, had one of the characters say, we, we're not a team because we're, you know, because we're superheroes. We're not a team because we're, uh, you know, we're not adequate enough to do the job on our own. We're a team because we're friends and we're so happy we found each other. That we will stand here and defend ourselves until we have no breath left. I can't decide if that is fantastic or just like so much cheese. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. The team, it, it, gotta, uh, yeah, you do get both. You you yeah. definitely get both. Um, I mean, this is also you know this was also a book where two of the uh, teammates, Superboy and Kid Flash, had their books canceled, their solo books canceled. So the only place they were in in was this series so they had uh they had them all sitting around talking about how their favorite comic got canceled and then robin <laughs> walks in and he's the only guy with a book left and they all sort of just stare at him <laughs> he goes what <laughs> my, i we talked a little bit about this and originally we brought it up because it was a new tv show that was coming out and it begs the question then with the advent of all the TV shows that have had. We've had Green Arrow. We've had, um, well, Flash is coming out. We're going to have Yay. Gotham coming out. Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. I, I zombie. How is Supergirl. This, how is this, yeah, how is this, yeah, how is this going to affect comic books, or do you think it will affect it at all? Is it going to is it going to bring up membership of, of readers, or are people going to actually go down in readers because they're saying, I don't need to read the comic. I can watch the TV. Like it depends said, on as a child, I don't need to read the book. I can watch the movie. It depends on how good the series is. Yeah. For example, um, Arrow. Arrow has been so good that Green Arrow sales have actually increased. And like, and the interesting thing with Arrow now, too, is the showrunners are actually taking over the comic book now. Mm-hmm. For the upcoming, after the, the current writer finishes his, his contract <clears> for his run... Those the writers of the starting TV show next month are are starting <laughs> starting to actually now incorporate more characters that they're writing in the show and the way that they're doing the show and going to basically make season two point five before you know mm-hmm. season three um, starts. They are <clears throat> excuse me uh, when Smallville was out, super uh, Superman comics increased in sales. Mm-hmm. The Avengers has has increased sales on the Avengers books. Though, at this point, if you pick up an Avengers book, none of the people you're looking for are in it. <laughs> but no, like, the cool thing is, though, like, ultimately, like, you know, like, you know, with, like, CBS now doing Supergirl, that means we might see a small screen version of Superman again. And no, all these we things. They're actually talking about it. They said there, there's a there, chance. There's a chance you might see his cape and boot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the cool thing is, though, it, it's nice to see, even though, like, that, you know, DC's not... Going to the big screen with it, it's nice to see that they can make those characters what they want, and even their um, chief creative creative uh, like designer right there, which is Jeff Johns, kind of <coughs> said is like, you know what, our 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 new temple films that are coming out and our TV shows, they won't have a cinematic universe like the way Marvel is with the Agents of Shield 
and the Marvel films, but the reason that they're doing that is very, I commend them for what they're doing is saying, hey, look, these shows should be able to stand on their own and do what they're doing because they have good writers behind it. They shouldn't be like what some of the comic books are where if a crossover happens, all the writing has to lead into this, yeah. which anybody that's been a comic book reader for a very long time knows for a fact that crossovers are also what damage the brand and remove readers. Yeah. Um, well, it's tough to get new ones then, too, because it's like, well, where do you start? Exactly. It, it, it loses, you lose a crowd really quickly. So I'm really happy to see that they said, hey, these characters have a great legacy. Let's let them stand on their own two feet. Let the shows be what they're going to be and go look at that legacy without having to be held to other standards. Just all they have to do is perform on their own, which is, I think I'd rather see that than them try to force eight TV shows, even through various networks, all work together because I think it could be damaging. Um, And they can still do a little bit of light crossovers, like villains could crossover as long as you can get the same actors. But on a completely different point, if there's a DC executive or Warner Brothers executive listening, you are making a mistake with the Justice League movie. Contact HBO and do a Game of Thrones type thing. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Okay? You want to Don't see, do the movie. Honestly, you want to see the Justice League naked. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I, I'm, I'm very curious, actually. No, no, but, se- right, but seriously. Wonder Woman's part of it. But seriously, you, you do 10 episodes on HBO a season, okay? A you can do anything you shame. want because Game of Thrones has shown you can have the budget for it, okay? Right. Don't do the movie. All right. <laughs> um, to wrap this up, I will say this, though. If they're going to do a TV show in any the one like HBO, if I'm going to see any characters, though, in the story, I want to see The Runaways from Marvel. Because that was an amazingly well written book. I'd rather Titans. I was I'm actually just Titans. thinking that if you uh, that that was in my mind too. If you were gonna have one character from a comic show up in a TV show, which character would you like to see a show based around? Because for me, I'd, I'd have to go with Marmaduke because that big dog <laughs> he would just be hilarious. I think they're making a movie about the big red dog. What sir. about you? For what? Comic book. Like, any, any comic book that you would any. love to see come to life. I would love to see Why the Last Man. Oh, cool. They keep trying. They're, they're, they have been trying for a really long time. There's been talk about a movie for a little bit now. There's also been talk that Showtime is potentially wants to pick that up. And I'd love oh, to see that. No, that's Showtime. It's where good shows go to die. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. It's okay. It'll die quickly and uh, maybe painlessly. Go for it. I want Tim Drake. Tim Drake? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Well, like I said, he was my favorite Robin because yeah. that's what the, when I yeah. started getting into comics was the Teen Titans run that he was in charge. So. Young Justice, that I was a beautiful it. thing. Season two, of Young Justice, they yeah. were like, "Hey, you know, they did a weird little clip at the end of season one, and the season two started, and you're like, Robin looks different, and you found out it was not awesome. Dick, it was we got Tim, um, and they made a lot of cool changes, so it was cool. And that goes kind of back to the Titans thing, but yeah, I mean, like, so Rob was really surprised he didn't get Dick. <laughs> uh, uh, no, don't no no. no, no, no. Uh, moving on. So wait, wait. I didn't get to give my yeah. comic book character. All right, go ahead, go ahead, make it quick. <laughs> uh, I, 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 actually, I'll be honest. If Titans actually comes on, that's the only guy left that isn't on television that I want on television. That's Nightwing because they just made a Constantine show. Yeah. You know, Flash is on TV. Yeah, so it's already got it. Kenny, how about you? He uh, said Marmaduke. I, Marmaduke, yeah, Marmaduke. No, definitely. 
There's also, it's my mind went back to a fan-made trailer, and I think Rob knows where I'm going with it because we've talked about Robin so much. There was a fan-made trailer called Grace. Yes! And it looked phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it made me want to see this movie that doesn't exist. So if there's anyone out there that can make that happen, yes. <laughs> but I will say there's look a up Look up Grayson on YouTube, watch that trailer, and then make that story actually, happen. Actually, how about you? Kat. I said mine. Tim well, Drake. Oh, Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what mine would be? I want a blue and gold show. I want Booster Gold Aww. and Ted Cord. I want their zany adventures. Um, <laughs> that would I would be kill for that. They're, they're doing a boost. They're, they're talking about Booster Gold show I on just... Wi-Fi. I, I hope they do it. Uh, Booster Gold but is a great character. But I hope they don't character. butcher it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to get ready to close out the show. And the way that we close out every show is with our MFK, the Mary Fuck Kill. Unfortunately, in the lost version of episode five, you missed the... Um, male Batman villains, which was uh, Joker, Riddler, and Two Face. Um, you gotta find that and put that back up because that had right? some that was great hilarious. comments. We had a lot of audio issues in that that section. Uh, if I can find a way to do that, I'll try to see if we can just, clean that up and just release that it. One even section. just that one part. Even yeah. if it sounds a little dicey, but it was really good. But yeah. anyway, so this week we're moving on to Buffy. So um, tonight will be our. Uh, Buffy, I guess the the women from Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, so tonight we have Buffy Summers, Willow Rosenberg, and Faith, because we don't know her last name. Um, um, I think it's provided, but I I'm sure it is somewhere, but I have no idea what it is. Yeah, so know. I'm gonna start tonight with Bill. <laughs> well, seeing as I probably know the least about Buffy, <laughs> um. I'm going to start off with saying I'd marry Willow because I have a thing for Allison Hannigan and I'm not ashamed to say it. It's because she's awesome. And she's a redhead. And and she's just awesome. Anyways, uh... Don't try to push me! <laughs> I'm trying to get you close to the goddamn mic. <laughs> or at least speak up. One or the other. Um, other than that, it's almost a coin toss, I guess. But... Buffy is a crazy vampire slayer. So, <laughs> and Faith is a crazier vampire slayer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll just, I'd leave it to Faith at that point. I'd flip a coin. <laughs> so, fucking kill either Two one. Face. Flip a coin. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Uh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, let's go with, who's, who's ready to rock? Um, let's go with Teach. Alright. Um, I would marry Willow. Because uh, Allison Hannigan, I know you disagree with this, Allison Hannigan is hot. And funny enough, of the three of them, she is the least crazy. She's also the least hot. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I disagree. Oh, no. But we're totally also talking disagree. about their characters, not the actresses. So the actress is the, the character is the least crazy of the three. Okay. Also, there's the whole, you know, lesbian thing, so that might be fun. Um... <laughs> I would fuck Faith because oh I think, god you're going to take my fucking answer I know you're going to do um, it because she's hot as hell and I'm going to kill Buffy because god forbid if I've got to listen to one goddamn Buffy Summers rant about how her life sucks I would just kill her no matter what okay I'm going to dive in now because I don't want anybody else to do this and I thought you were and I realized that was a folly and uh, I'm glad you didn't go where I thought you were going to go Okay, so, right off the bat, I'm killing Buffy, and I'm going to get back to this. 
I'm I'm gonna fuck Faith because I remember very clearly in an early episode in season three, um, Xander and Faith did hook up, and he was just like, "Oh dear God, crazy sex!" Like, and like he was just very kind of like it was intense. It was very very interesting. Granted, yeah, Faith like not. I would definitely say she's on the low totem pole for my favorite characters in that series. Like, she drives me fairly nuts. Um, but still, I mean, like I. Because I have a good backup and a reasoning for this. So, and obviously... It's not Buffy Summers. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on. Uh, so, and obviously Mary Willow. Uh, Willow is easily my favorite character in that show. Like, she cracks me up. She's kind of the heart of the group. Um, you know, the Scoobies, as everybody always calls them. Um, but, I mean, like, yeah, she's she's just got everything, I think, that kind of, like, really matters in a person. Um, and going back to the Buffy thing, killing Buffy does not matter. Buffy will come back. Buffy has died twice <laughs> in that show. Buff, so no matter what, that means she's now a viable option again. So that could mean if, go ahead, go ahead. But you killed her. I was thinking the exact same thing. If she's, she's a viable coming, option again. No, she's you know not. What? No, she's if coming back. She's coming not, back to kick I'm your not, ass. I'm not done. Oh, okay. <laughs> so even if you kill Buffy, she'll be back. And yeah, if you kill her, she's probably going to be pissed. But she also loved a murderous fucking vampire, for fuck's sake. He's got a point there. You can't control who you love. Yeah. So there you she go. Loved, she loved two of them. She it's did. True. She loved Spike. She loved Angel. And both of them loved to kill people. Like, it's very true. Angel tried not to. Angel tried <laughs> to kill her a lot. Like, oh it God. just kept happening. Just, just, just two words, Jenny Calendar. Yeah, seriously. Season three in the Jenny Calendar episode. Two. I mean, like, that season was... Season two. Oh, okay. Oh, was it season two? Season two. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so still, there's... It, I would say that's seriously still a viable option. Because she seriously goes after people that have... Serious mental issues, and if you're going to be somebody that kills her, she's probably going to end up having a thing for you at some point in time. So, that's my answer. So, uh, Mary Willow, fuck Faith, and then probably fuck Buffy after she's resurrected at some point in time. Necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with Cat In theory. Alrighty. When you fuck Buffy, will she be in the buff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's always a little willowy, though. No! <laughs> I have faith in I don't think I'm allowed to bring the bell back to any more future podcasts. <laughs> no, just no future podcast where Kenny and I can also I hit it. Uh, no, we still have the pun off coming. That, that statement does kind of ring true. <laughs> All right, Kat, you're up. Um, so I'm going to kill Faith because she annoyed the ever-loving shit out of me. I don't care what she's like in the sack. Like, she annoyed me so much in the show that, like, she was just so whiny, and she was the typical, I'm tormented, so I'm gonna hover, you know, like, just be completely damaged, and cover it all up with my bluster, and blah blah blah, and her issues were, like, broadcasted all over the place, and it was annoying. So, I mean, like, Buffy had issues, but at least, like, she would deal with them in chunks, like, she wasn't that off-kilter, where she was just, that's just way too whiny. She probably, like, Faith would probably, like, fuck you really hard, and then start crying. She pro- No, she actually, I'll give you that. She would probably like start crying. Buffy had a psychotic episode where she thought everything in her world was fake. Yeah, but at the same point, Just we saying. watched... But, like, okay, but here's the thing. That was over seven seasons of watching Buffy's tales. All apart for seven seasons. That's fair. 
But the short time we had with Faith was it was more than seven seasons of Buffy's issues. It was. That's, very That's true. like yes. So I'll yeah. trade my seven seasons of Buffy's issues for Faith's you know quick turnaround. But I'd rather fuck Buffy. And deal with the mm. short term of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just toned down. And Buffy still could provide a good time. I mean, she likes to skate things dangerously. She's in shape. She knows what she's doing. She's more of an in-control mm. girl, too. So I'm cool with that. That could be fun. So also, really, you just have no faith. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but no, Willow I would marry because Willow is just adorable. She's a lot of fun. And she is... And yeah. she looks good in leather. She does look good in leather. And she was just, she really was just an awesome she'll character. Keep, she'll keep you on your toes because she'll look at you one day and she'll be like, bored now. <laughs> and like, oh, fuck, I'm about to screw this up. I need And then end the world. Like, yeah, 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 serious. Like, she had, I think, the, like, she had such a great character, you know. She did. She, she probably. Like, she just spanned the most. Like, it's honestly, it's like people like her and Xander kind of made that show because, mm-hmm. like, they were the great anchors that got you through everything. Mm-hmm. It was a really good focal point. Kenny, you're up. All right, now, I don't know a ton of Buffy. I've watched a couple of the episodes, more than a couple, but not a lot. Definitely not all of them. So it's hard for me to view these three people as their characters rather than who they are in real life. So I'm going to have to walk through this real quick, and we're going to try and figure out what will work. So if we have to marry someone, we have Buffy, Willow, and Faith. Willow... Is proficient in poisons. I know that much. Wait, so is, what? Huh? The, is, yeah. She's the she's the well, witch. Yeah, I guess so. She's guess a witch. So. Yeah. So she's proficient in poisons. So that's a little disconcerting from the beginning. There's also the fact that she's a lesbian, which means look but don't touch. And I don't know if I want that for the rest of my life. Then there's also the fact that Willow is by far the least attractive out of all of them. I'm sorry, but how do you not see this? It's plainly I Okay, you've got four people on the other side that are saying she is probably the most attractive she out of all of them. She is yeah. not the most attractive <laughs> out of all of them. I can see what he's saying, though, because at the time... Like, we're looking at Allison Hannigan now. That's not No, I'm, I'm going back to Allison Hannigan in Buffy days. Yeah, not the very beginning, but like mid mid season, you know, mid because like beginning of the series. But it's kind of kind of just one. There was one time, one episode I saw where Willow played an evil Willow, and she was hot. So you're on Willow the way she was was home. No, no. Yeah, he's got a point. I I will give him. He's got a point that in the series they dowdied her down. Um, in the beginning, but and I especially mean, afterwards, like but, you know, but we're looking, we're looking at Faith, so that means we're looking at season three. Yeah, season okay. three and on, she but was like, a lot. Was I, I don't think she really started to come into her own until but season Faith four. Faith appears in season seven. Yeah, so that spans the whole gamut, you know, and that includes Evil Willow, and that includes like her her wicked days, pretty much. Yeah. Well, and and super badass Willow by the end of the show, like yeah. where she was the. Incredibly competent one that kind of threw everything. The end result is for Willow, as far as marrying goes, she would be bad because if she didn't like you, she could poison you and get away with it. Uh, she would also be bad because there would be no sex happening. And she's a lesbian. Don't act like that's not true. But and she also, but she, no, but she would be good uh, 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 because she could no, she, 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 she also, she also banged Oz quite a bit. And even when she was with, and she um, was into Xander. 
and she was in Xander. So, so I mean, she, she's she was slow. bi. She's she was slow. totally All right, bi. So she's she's in the middle on that. Yeah. And wibbly the, wobbly, the sexy wexy. From <laughs> The pro is that I wouldn't have to do a lot of housework because she was magic and could just do the shit. So I, I saw whatever the fuck it was. What was that one with Mickey Mouse? Sorcerer Fantasia. Sopranos. Yes, whatever. Yeah. So she could do that and clean the house and do the dishes and I wouldn't have to do anything. Uh, Faith? No, you just can't marry Faith. She was fucking crazy from what I remember. I remember her as a bad girl, as the villain. I guess she turned to become a good person. But I remember her as a villain. So. Mentally, she was very mentally unstable. Yeah, no, so I can't... Marrying Faith is just completely out of it. So it comes down to Willow or Buffy. And there's just something about Buffy that just seems like that all-American girl that you would enjoy having around and talking to and having rampant amounts of sex with. So I'm going to go with marrying Buffy. Now we come down to fucking. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's it's a it's a valid point. Now there's no complete obvious answer to this. So you can fuck Willow or you can fuck Faith. I don't Now you're bringing up the fact that that Willow was actually bisexual. So possibly it could be an amazing, crazy, wild sex with her. But I also remember what her girlfriend looked like, who was fucking hideous. Aww. She was. Oh, don't act like all that. She was cute like fucking E.T. if you want to say she was cute. She was not attractive Dear, in the right. least. Dear Amber Benson. Our other, you know, we don't. We disagree. We with Kenny. disagree with Kenny. She can't adorable. hear you. You're not speaking troll. She doesn't understand. It. I have seen oh, Amber Benson in person, and she was very, very attractive. Well, she was yeah. fucking ugly as shit on the show. So her taste, Willow's taste in women is not good. So she the tried to bring chick someone. Willow in. Dated was awesome. She dated a second chick. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch that. The point <laughs> is, you can't deny crazy sex and faith is hot Elijah Dushku. That's all you have to say. She's hot, but she has a butt chin. Gorgeous. She does have a butt chin. Butt chins freak me out. It's, it's, then no. you know what? I can I can get a blowjob and feel like I'm having anal sex at the same time. Let's go with the butt chin. At least she doesn't have Maggie Gyllenhaal like eight face. She, yeah, no, no. Aww. Elijah I'm Dushku sorry. I'm is sorry. absolutely gorgeous. And her character on the show is crazy and athletic and limber. And I don't see any way right from the beginning she was the initial, yes, you're fucking Faith. That was already a given. And anyone say who says they don't want to fuck Faith, you've chosen wrong and you will never have that amazing experience. Disagree. I don't want to. I don't care back. what you want because you have horrible taste. <laughs> you because have you said you wanted to fuck the Joker who would kill you. <laughs> All right. You know, well, that goes back to like the the lost episode five, and I, I I'm gonna stand by this decision. Never <laughs> promise crazy a baby. <laughs> no, it's just but faith. No, faith would be fantastic in bed. She would have you bouncing off the walls. She's super strong, so she could be doing some crazy <laughs> ass shit with you. And that only and then leaves. She break down crying killing. five seconds later. Yeah, that's pretty and? true. Did we go over this before? Fucking nope. means you fucking you leave, not fucking cuddle and talk about their life. That's what a fuck is. <laughs> Everyone's gonna think I'm like this horrible womanizing person. I've never you had a are night. horrible. I've woman never had a person. one night stand in my life. But no, yeah, no, no. drag some out over weeks and die. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, you're gonna, yeah, you gotta, you gotta fuck Faith. So we're marrying Buffy, we're fucking Faith, the only thing left is killing, and that's gonna be Willow. And I'm sorry, so Willow, terrible. you seem cool, and I would hang out with you, but you're just not nearly attractive enough to fuck. You just don't have that amazing, like, homely, sweet personality that Buffy does to Mary. You're left with killing. We gotta kill Willow. That's the, that's the only option for me. <sighs> but, by the way, I'm just gonna say this. This entire choice is invalid because you did not include Charisma Carpenter. I know, I know but we can only do three choices. I don't care. It's Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> Who is she? Cordelia. Cordelia. Cordelia Chase. She was like one yeah. of the best characters. Oh, she was the, the dumb girl, right? Yeah. Um, not really. But yeah. It's the cheerleader. She was the, the cheerleader type, but she was surprisingly astute on things. Like, she would... She kept... Know. We've been watching Buffy again in in, in the star Netflix awesome. Netflix binging cycle, and when you go back and watch, you're like, "Holy crap, she was one of the best characters in the show." Really was. I didn't say she wasn't entertaining to watch. I just said she was ditzy. Yeah, she was. So she, she was, was dumb. She ditzy wasn't equals dumb. She wasn't until she no. hit she hit Angel, and when she hit Angel, things changed drastically. Ditzy this is, is not Angel. This is Buffy version. It says right here, Buffy version. Not <laughs> okay, version. okay, okay. Fair enough. Well. That does it for episode six of the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. So as we wrap up everything here, um, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to bring up um, Steampunk Unlimited is going to be next week. So if anyone's in the Philly area or closer to Lancaster area, I guess, it's going to be at Strasburg Railroad. And a bunch of us will be there, including our uh, Caffeine Crew photographer, Ashley. And, and if you buy a book... Called an airship it. named Desire. Cat <laughs> will sign it for you, and if you ask her politely, she might put on really dark red lipstick and kiss the cover. <laughs> now I'm just getting you to do shit. <laughs> if you come up, we're gonna say this: if you see Cat at Steampunk Unlimited and you say the secret phrase, "The duck enjoys splashing in the water," she's obligated to get up and give you a hug, regardless of how smelly you are. <laughs> I put that challenge out there. Say the secret phrase, the duck enjoys splashing in the water, and we will force Cat to give you a hug. However, she will get to spray you with Axe first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, also with Steampunk Unlimited, though, um, Kevil, one of the other writers for the website, uh, who uh, commonly does the Defending the Point, he's also one of the, one of the resident artists on the site, the Keeper of Sketch, he was at J1Con. He'll be there selling his prints. Uh, Isis Seraphim, which is uh, Siobhan, she'll be there with her uh, her store, The Magic Shop. Kat's going to be there, actually, at the Solstice Brews table. Also there as a special guest, as in one of the authors as well. Um, on top of that, I'll definitely be roaming around uh, the event as well. But um, aside from that, we also still do, again, I'm going to plug this one more time. Extra Life is coming up in a few weeks. Look at kathyncrew.com. You will find a couple articles on there, including a couple interviews with members from the Philadelphia Guild from Extra Life. You can hear a little bit more about the um, of what Extra Life actually is. Hear about the story about Victoria Eamon. Um, it's really, really a touching, inspiring tale, and it's a good reason to definitely get out there and donate. We have multiple players out there that are still really in need of donations. So, uh, how do they find our page to donate? Um, all they have to do is if they search Extra Life and under the Don't Panic search on our front page. You'll find three or four articles on it. The most recent one that's been written, it will have a full breakdown list of our players and their links. That's going to be getting updated again because we had three new players join. Um, but on top of that, though, too, if you just go to extra-life.org, uh, extra if you just search uh, PS Nation, 
Um, that'll bring up the PS Nation team. Um, you'll find quite a few members of the Caffeine Crew as part of their roster. So if you see... Um, if you see WC Kenny Me, donate to me because I just joined and I have zero donations at the moment. <laughs> well, and not, I could use your help. It won't be WC Kenny Me. You'll find Ken Colburn. Uh, you'll also <laughs> find Bill Schneider, Brian Figmom. We'll find Tim Lynch. Uh, you'll find myself, Rob Martin. You'll also find EJ O'Neill. You'll find, oh my god, we have a lot of players from uh, this year. Sean Betts uh, and Tom Callahan. Tim Lynch. Yep. Is that it? So we have a good roster of us that are actually all playing. We're all playing for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia this year, which is CHOP. Um, every single cent that you donate to the charity goes 100% to the charity. So it's not like ALS where they took a large chunk of those donations to themselves. So this is all going right to the Children's Hospital. So please, please, please mm -hmm. donate whatever you can. Um, and if not, just share this out to your friends and family. So aside from that, though, you can always reach out to us. You can hit us up on our email account, which is thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at The Caffeine Crew. We have our YouTube page at Caffeine Crew. Um, and then outside of that, though, too, you can find us on Tumblr, FXCam, Pinterest, so many other Search things. Caffeine Crew. Yeah, pretty much we're all over the net. But we want to say again, thank you very much. A big special thanks to Tim Lynch, who's our audio producer, who's still going to be doing the edits for this show. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and Tim. Big, huge thanks to DJ Cutman, who we got a chance to have a nice little interview with J1 Con for a theme music. Thanks again, everybody. Once again, I am Rob. I'm Kat. And I am Kenny, and you will find uh, new articles on Tuesday or Thursday under the section We Review It All. And I was also contemplating doing sexual slash marital slash dating slash any kind of like that advice. So if you have a question and you want it answered, just email us at caffeinecrew.com. The caffeine crew. The caffeine crew. The caffeine crew dot G fuck. The caffeine crew at gmail.com is our web or uh, uh, is our email address. I'm better at I'm better at writing than I am at talking into a microphone. And then again, Kat has her daily AMVs. Oh, and um, if you're an indie author and want to do an interview, shoot us an email at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com because I'm doing indie author interviews every Tuesday. And again, too, I also do the What the Fuck Wednesday. I forgot to throw all that crap in. And back to Bill. And I'm Bill, <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what to write next. <laughs> Farming WoW Adventures? Yeah. I'm trying to... Pull together. <laughs> I'm TJ, uh, and you can find Spandex and Capes on uh, fr <clears throat> Fridays and Sundays. And please, God, don't send Kenny any questions. Send me <laughs> questions, you will love the answers. No, no, I guarantee no you won't. You, you no, will love the answers. No. Oh, and uh, also, too, make sure, too, if you're listening to this podcast directly through our YouTube on the website, there is a brand new Libsyn page for us as well. Uh, we now have our own page. And Chaotic Control has their own page as well, so the website should have all that information updated, just like we mentioned to me and Tim in episode 5 of the Cast of Pods. Um, the site is also getting ready to get a major update and overhaul that's going to be coming in the next month or two, so keep your eyes for that. Like I said, we are working on making a couple of upgrades, so again, just a little bit of patience on that, but it'll be right around our one-year anniversary point. But everybody, again, thank you so, so much for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye. 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 Bye.